1: This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. We didn't have a ton of candy at the movies when I was growing up. Obviously, we had popcorn, and then we had some of the basics, but I remember instantly gravitating toward the Twizzlers. And then ever since then, you know, you grow up, then you have kids. Guess what kids love? Twizzlers. No matter what the situation, Twizzlers is the perfect candy to relieve your boredom. While other candy can be too sweet and overpowering, Twizzlers is the perfect level of sweetness and comes in the perfect chewy twist that everyone knows and loves. So get your hands on some Twizzlers today. The Rewatchables is brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find the big picture with Sean Fantasy. Yes, that's right. Movies in trouble. Um that's the word in the street. The Flash is in trouble. People not going <laughs> to the theaters, like we thought. Yeah. It's for some, but Movies not for Movies in Rogers, trouble. So. <laughs> <laughs> what's up with movies <laughs> don't aggregate this <laughs> chris ryan is here
2: yeah you might hear him on the watch from time to time no tr- no problems on the small screen
1: are you on the watch
3: regularly or what's the deal you just yeah pop on?
2: uh like it's the seasonal thing you cool know? yeah my name is you-
3: wait there are still shows on after succession there are no still, i know they're it's, airing it's just shows? me talking by myself
2: about the idol
1: <laughs> no wait, wesley morris isn't on the idol too there's gonna be there's three of us there's three of us My name is Bill Simmons. We're about to do Indiana Jones, the third one. The Last Crusade is next.
3: On Wednesday, May 24th, Paramount Pictures invites you to have the adventure of your life. Dad!
0: Dad! hot.
3: Keeping up with the Joneses. Are you crazy? Don't go between them! Go between them! Are you crazy? Harrison Ford, Sean Connery. You call this archaeology? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, rated PG 13. Starts Wednesday, May 24th at Theaters Everywhere.
1: All right, the research on this one is really interesting, guys. We do the one for us, one for them type of mentality. Sure. It feels like this was a one for them for Spielberg in a lot of ways because he felt bad about Temple of Doom. So I wanted to start there with the Spielberg piece of this movie. Okay. Because it seemed like he did like a handshake deal with George Lucas in the 70s. God only knows where they were. We'll we'll make three of these. We'll do Raiders. We'll do two more. Make a ton of money. It'll go great. And then Temple of Doom. What's your relationship with that movie, Chris?
2: I, you know, it's Spielberg and it's got some great sequences, but I don't, I know that has experienced a critical revival at various points. I don't love it. It was pretty annihilated
1: in the 80s yeah. from a disappointment standpoint and then kind of circled back with a no, no, actually it was good. And now it's kind of veered back the other way. I don't know where it's, stand- where's the standout show? I
3: think it's not held in super high esteem relative to one in three. Um, I think it's also one of the meanest Spielberg movies, which is an uncommon energy for the, his style of filmmaking.
1: And I think that's what bothered him. Yeah. So he decided to go back. So there's this awesome premiere magazine piece in 1989, which is about as candid as I've seen Spielberg, I'm going to read you guys some good quotes. Mm-hmm. I didn't mail this to you ahead of time because I, I didn't want to step on the pod. He said in that piece, I wasn't happy with the second film at all. It was too dark, too subterranean and much too horrific. I thought it out poltergeist. <laughs> There's not an ounce of my own personal feeling in Temple of Doom. So he was really upset about it. So it, it felt like uh, he really wanted to, um, he, he said to apologize for the second Lighten film. the mood. I didn't feel like it was. It was that. I mean, dark. a guy gets his heart pulled out. Yeah, but that was like the coolest scene in the movie when I was a teenager. I was yeah. like, oh my god, it was <laughs> authentically was scary. Yeah. yeah,
3: I think um, it's even more so now. I think he has an even more fraught relationship to the movie too, where he feels like it's considered culturally insensitive, and he looks back on it as kind of a mistake. But it's an effective movie. This movie is definitely a let's wipe the slate clean and go back to what worked the first time.
1: There's a sense, and you can really feel it in this piece, but just in general, you can look at his filmography that this is kind of the end of the line for him in the 80s and whatever era of filmmaking this was from him. Premier even said, The Last Crusade is the last surefire hit from his quiver of blockbusters It caps off a decade during which the boy who'd be king of Hollywood established himself as the most powerful movie maker in history. And this is kind of the exclamation point on whatever that era was. What we don't realize in 1989 is we're heading into this totally fascinating next stage of Yeah, it's going to have next two or three more eras, yeah. It's almost like an athlete, right? Right. It's right. like, oh, is this it? Oh, actually, it's not it. There's five more superstar years coming. I didn't know any of this in 1989. How old were you when this movie came out, Chris? Twelve, yeah. So Yeah, it was just like, cool, Indiana Jones is back. Yeah. Oh, Sean Connors is dad. That's all I knew. We are like, we're in. What day? We're going.
2: It's also, I mean, for as much as he's probably trying to write the ship for Temple of Doom or make up for certain things in Temple of Doom. I think for Spielberg, he had been coming out of this like I want to be taken seriously era or phase where he's doing Color Purple and Empire of the Sun. Pretty heavy movies in a lot of ways. And I think he wanted to make something that was like a pleasure. And to me, this is like, I think Raiders is far and away the best Indiana Jones movies. But in a lot of ways, Last Crusade is my favorite or like the most pleasurable one. It's the most fun to watch. I think it's it's got the most humor, it's got the most heart. You know, and it, it, I I really I really enjoy this one.
3: I feel like it indicates where he's going in terms of the big tent action filmmaking too. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark has the truck chase scene and it has a couple of really mm. good, you know, the big boulder, but the action in this movie is much bigger, louder, fire explosions, the tank, there's so much going on here that is leading towards you know, War of the Worlds and Minority Report and Catch Me If You Can and these big Mm -hmm. top visual movies that he's going to do in the future.
1: There's a little what do I do now with Spielberg after E.T. Like he forms that Amblin, his first production company in the mid-80s. Then he does that, the Raiders sequel. People don't like it as much. He does uh, Color Purple in 85 and Empire of the Sun in 87, which are his like two serious movies, but they didn't really feel totally Spielberg-y. And they produced the Goonies, right? Yeah, and he's he's they're making a bunch of stuff with the company. He's involved in these different movies, but you can see like in some of the writing from back then. Like he has a quote in this premiere piece where he said, Um, I have the right to change my mind five years from now, but that fearlessness toward material interests me. Would I be able to throw myself into something that's not easily recognizable as a Spielberg Spielberg film? Could I have made Raging Bull the way Marty made Reggie Bull? Probably not. But what I attempt to make Rageable Bull two years ago, I would have said no. Today I would say yes, I would. That's the difference. So it's almost like the he's mentally at the end of the line with like, I'm tired of being the popcorn buy yeah. guy. What
2: else can I do? But yet this is one of the best popcorn movies of the 80s. Well, so I don't want to step on half-ass internet research, but if we're talking about Spielberg, I think we should mention, and we've talked about this whenever Spielberg, we've done Spielberg Rewatchables, is that like he's got his he's getting his beak wet with a lot of different projects in Hollywood. Like, he t- he's maybe holding a script, he's thinking about doing this, He's th- he moves this one on to Scorsese, he moves this one on to whoever. And at the time of Last Crusade, he was working on both Rain Man and Big. Yeah. He was at least, like, thinking about them. And th- that's an amazing sliding doors moment for him to think about, like, what would have happened if he had been like, what I'm going to do is pivot to, like, more adult dramas or working in, th- in like, a completely different vein and he kind of sets up this like every couple of years I'll be able to make one of these blockbusters.
3: Yeah, but he he chooses both, right? Like he yeah. chooses Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. You know, he chooses to make AI and also Minority Report. Like he's he's basically like not deciding to to continue making movies through the eyes of a kid or conti- or make movies now through the eyes of being a father. Like that's kind of what Last Crusade is about. And that's what this pivot in his career is about going forward, because everything that happens in the 80s and the 70s feels like a young guy or a teenager putting his dreams on screen, you know, working through his emotional details, like figuring out, you know, all of the the dreams he had as a 12 year old when he's playing with figurines and filming them with an eight millimeter camera. And then as he gets older, like, you know, he makes Amistad and he makes Munich and he makes all these really serious historical dramas, but he still wants to have fun. And so he never really makes that. Pivotal decision. And it's funny that like Big and Rain Man, Big is literally about a kid wanting to grow up and be a man. Yeah. And Rain Man is about an older brother teaching a younger brother how to grow up, despite the differences between them. So it's that's like such an awesome pivot point in yeah. his life.
2: I was watching a behind the scenes of this movie and uh when they're shooting the the boat rotor scene where the he's got the he's got Kazim and he's about to run him into the to the engine of the boat. And uh they cut and Spielberg's like uh nobody likes working on the water. <laughs> and I was cracking up because it's like everybody laughs and every, it's obviously a Jaws joke, but it's also like he's he's being serious and he's not quite Steven Spielberg the way we think of him yet. Like he's still a right. guy who's like 10, 15 years into his career and he's just joking around about like about a water scene in, in an indie movie. It's It was really funny. He says, so I didn't realize this until I read
1: this piece, but he said he worked for five months on Rain Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, in this premiere piece, I was very upset not to have been able to do Rain Man because I wanted to work with Dustin Hoffman ever since I saw The Graduate, But blah, blah, blah. But then it says, Spielberg says, although he respects Barry Levinson's movie, quote, I find it to be emotionally very distancing. I think I certainly would have pulled tears out of a rather dry movie. It's like a kind of a borderline shots fired. You know? I also <laughs> like was don't kind of really mad agree with it. that. I feel yeah, like I it is. Rain Man is emotional. Yeah, and he yeah. put when they touch the heads, I think that's about as emotional yeah. as it gets. So, he talks a lot about how he started doing Amblin, and he they produced Gremlins, they did Back to the Future, they do Frame Roger Rabbit, The Money Pit, and amazing stories, and he said it was the reason he only did two movies in five years. Quote, I was just sitting around making decisions about what films I would let my friends direct. Mm-hmm. You look back at the, at the IMDb, because 93 is like one of the great years of all time. He's Schindler's List and Jurassic in the same year, but- From basically E.T. on, it's a little rockier than I remembered, even though a lot of those movies did well or made a ton of money, but this is probably the best movie he made, the one we're doing now. Like the most critically acclaimed, everybody liked it, made a ton of money. But like in this piece, he's talking his next movie is going to be Richard Dreyfuss and Holly Hunter. It's It's always. Yeah. And he's like, this is it. This is the one. It's like. I, that one kind of came away. Not a
3: horrible movie, but maybe his least successful movie in all ways. And like, then he does
1: Hook in 91, and that bombs. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the reset, and then he goes on one of the great Hook is, runs.
2: I mean, I would almost do Hook rewatchables just for the the journalism around Hook. Oh, my God. And like, the making of it and stuff.
1: All the weird shit that yeah. was going on in the set. Julia's, like, what was she, like 90 pounds when yeah. she made that yeah. movie? She's, yeah. like, in the celebrity but, crossfire but, at that but, but point.
3: But one of the reasons why, I think, is because he's producing Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the Joe Dante movies from that time. I mean, he is putting his hands on Hollywood in such a profound way. Poltergeist, like these movies that just will never die, that are like forever movies. And even though he isn't writing or directing them, they probably don't happen without him. Yeah. And there's also
2: like his fingerprints are on them, you know, like totally
3: tone, filmmaking style, helping the directors make their movies less insane. He's, He's going you know. through a pretty crazy
1: divorce during this stretch, too. Amy, Amy Irving. Irving out. Traded for uh, Kate Capshaw on some draft picks. <laughs> some swaps. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I meant to be a draft book. <laughs> One more quote from this piece. I just want Sean's reaction. Oh, both of your reaction, but I just think Sean will be like, this this will make you palpitate. He talks about how he loves the Palma and Scorsese for what he sees as their leaps of courage. And he says, quote, Brian's career has taken the most dramatic turn. He's started tapping the great playwrights to blend his own visual style into terrific literature. And he says he saw casualties of war, and he said, a great movie, possibly the most powerful statement yet on Vietnam. And Marty's taking great risks. And then he says, everybody's taking risks but me. Mm hmm. So he really, he felt this way in 1989, and he was already like, this was the best 15-year run probably any director had, had.
3: He talks about this when you get closer to Schindler's List, about his kind of fear and interest in telling a story like this, and his f- sense of being not quite ready. We talked about a little bit of mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan, too, where he felt like he had a war epic in him, mm. and he had such admiration for The Greatest Generation, and there was like a filmmaking style. I mean, there's a little bit of De Palma, actually, in Saving Private Ryan when you look back on it, too, the sort of like severity, the visceral approach. But those guys are older than him, too. Like De Palma was like his big brother yeah. in some ways. And he, you know, he and Lucas obviously went on to be more successful, but they always kind of revered him as like the intellectual of the group. So it makes sense.
2: I mean, and you could see how he would be intimidated by those guys, even just in terms of their thematic interests. It's like Scorsese's interested in like the empty core of masculinity and De Palma is like a deviant. Yeah. And Spielberg's like, well, my parents got divorced. And that really, that really broke me up. You know, like I'll tell
3: you what, though, I was alone in Arizona. (laughs) The this movie, Last Crusade, has some great stuff from his life and childhood that I had never understood until I saw The Fablemans. That's like one of the things I'm most excited to talk about with this movie because Last Crusade, you'd be like, oh, the third movie in the Indiana Jones series, this is just like a throwaway blockbuster. No, it's like a core text for Steven Spielberg, which is so interesting that he's able to do that over and over again, is put all his stuff, his psychological feelings, his ideas about manhood into these movies that otherwise, as you say, are just great popcorn movies.
1: You don't think CR does that with The Watch? I, I honestly do. It's one of the reasons I
3: revere him as my elder.
1: Do you want to talk about that stuff now, or when we get to it in the yeah? Movie?
3: I think it's like I had just I hadn't really thought about this. I probably hadn't seen Last Crusade in five or ten years. The Fablemans came out at the end of last year. And there's a critical moment at the beginning of that movie where we see a young Steven Spielberg see the greatest show on earth, the movie from the 1950s, the one Best Picture on the big screen, and that's the movie that changed his mind, that changed his ideas of who he wanted to be, how he wanted to spend his life, and that film has a a dramatic like a train crash sequence that is all organized around a circus. How does this movie open with With young Indy on a circus train? You know, this is a movie about a father and a son who have a very complex emotional relationship. One father who's very intellectual and withholding and impressive. Same in the Fablements. That's exactly how he renders his relationship. The Fablements is kind of about this weird love affair that Steven Spielberg has with his mother and that his his father has with his mother. This is a movie with some Eskimo brothers where a father and a son have slept with the same woman. Uh, It's a movie that ends with a horizon line shot, just like the Fablemans, which talks about the horizon line. There are all of these interconnecting moments where he's 15 years into this career. He's considered the wonderkin filmmaker of his generation. And he's still dumping all of this psychology into this entertaining adventure Do you think Steve
1: and his dad stepped in on the same lady?
3: Well, I just think he's in love with his mother. And, and and obviously Steven's father has this complicated relationship with his mother because they split up, but he wanted to be with her. So I don't know. It's just a really cool Rosetta Stone or talisman for everything he thinks about his family.
2: So a lot of like blockbusters nowadays, superhero movies mostly, are really about like the internal mythology of the superhero movies. Like when you watch The Batman, or you watch like an Avengers movie, or you watch a Marvel or DC movie, you have to like really buy into and want to understand everything about the interrelated characters Mm. and like where the movie goes next. And the thing that I love about this is like when they pitched this to Spielberg, he was like not that interested in the grail. Yeah. He was like, What we need to do is make the grail a metaphor for this father-son relationship. So he's like the reason he's who he is, is he's able to take the the sort of super text and be like, nobody r- really cares about the grail anymore. What they care about is their relationship to their dad. Right. And that's what this movie's going to be about. I actually happen to find this to be my favorite Indiana Jones like quest. Yeah. And MacGuffin like, but the fact that Steven Spielberg was like, disinterested in the grail is probably what makes this movie work.
3: I do think though that that's the secret sauce of Lucas and Spielberg together because Lucas Lucas does does care care about about the grail. He is interested in mythology. He is interested in the MacGuffins and so you put those two guys together pretty magical.
1: They had they started working on this in 84 Lucas had an eight page treatment called Indiana Jones and the Monkey King then got Chris (laughs) Columbus to write the script and the villains were a Nazi bar owner and the Monkey King and I, this is crazy, but the Monkey King, one of his things was he forced Indiana and Dash to play chess with real people and would disintegrate each person who gets captured. <laughs> Indiana battles the undead. He destroys the Monkey King's rod. <laughs> this is from the research. Spielberg and Lucas decided to abandon the Monkey King. That was King a Chris Columbus the, sc- script, right? Yeah, negative yeah. depiction of the African natives. They right. thought maybe this isn't a good idea. And then Spielberg's like, well, what about Indiana's father? Right. And all of a sudden that sends them off and- that Could be the metaphor, everything Chris talked about, but they still needed the father Connery, who we did on the Untouchables, um, who's smoking hot again as an old guy. He rips off
3: this is right after the Untouchables, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Untouchables 87, the Presidio, Indy 3, Hunt for Red October, and Russia House in four years. Insane, pretty sure Chris would just. Subscribe to a channel that just showed those five movies. That would be delightful. <laughs> Connery eighty-seven 90, Zazlon, get on it, a
2: month. Let's just make that a vertical on.
1: But Doctor Pimple Popper during the day. What days, is, that? is that
3: that channel is called Great Scott? S C O T. Right,
1: one ping only. <laughs> so he's the. I mean, just adding him at that point in his career to this movie is the secret sauce of this movie. Every scene. Yeah. My biggest criticism in this movie is like I kind of wish there was like. 10 more minutes of just the two of them? I agree. Yeah. Like, a,
2: how about, like, just the, having the, coffee in Venice blimp, again or anything? The blimp coffee that, or the, the, the drink they have on the blimp is, like, uh, that, that could have been a 20 Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how about a scene
3: dinner scene? Yeah. yeah, I agree.
2: Like, a
1: somber moment? Maybe take out, I don't know, something from the first 25 minutes?
3: They have great chemistry. They obviously respect each other as actors because they really, they're great together. The yeah.
1: Unbelievable now. as a father and son, which I think is... Sometimes they miss that one when they put the two famous actors where it's like, here's Harrison Ford's dad, Jack Nicholson. It's like, <laughs> nah, I don't see that one. So what?
2: they think it's like they present this to Connery and they're like, here's the script, it's a layup. You're like this movie was a, somewhat inspired by James Bond. James Bond's gonna play his dad. This is great. And Connery's like, I think in the original version of the movie, it's like a much older, more crotchety, like closest closer to Marcus Brody yeah. than he is what he is. And Connery's like, no, I will be a stud who <laughs> roams Europe looking for the grail. <laughs> like, like, I'm not doing
3: All right, that. Sean, whatever you say, man, just sign on the dotted line. He does do the I have notes thing, which he's famous for. He's yeah. famous for signing on to movies and being like, okay, here's what I think this character is. Yeah. And here my, then, here then, then here's how you rewrite it, which, you know, a lot of great movie stars do that. But he had a unique power to get what he wanted.
1: So between this and Untouchables and Hunt for Red October. I would say those are three of the biggest movies of the late 80s. Yeah. Probably in the top 10.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and this, he's essentially all three. And then he moves into the nineties and kind of becomes older, Sean Connery. But yeah. uh he really needed this to to put a bow in the Sean Connery experience. Harrison Ford, who basically has two superstar primes. Mm-hmm. He has that kind of all the way through Blade Runner and Witness and that version. Then he gets a little older. Now we're like dealing with late 40s, Harrison Ford. And from eighty eight to ninety four, Working Girl, Indie three, Presumed Innocent, which was a giant movie. Yeah, regarding Henry, which is a hilariously uh, bizarre movie. Not a great movie that yeah, I love. Not a great yeah. movie, but it's when it's on, you're like, wow, I can't believe Always they made get this. Stuck in it, yeah. There's this whole stretch of Regarding Henry, Awakenings, all these weird movies they made yeah. where stars were.
3: What compromised if an asshole became nice? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is truly. It's Rain Man, Regarding Henry, and Awakenings is all like. Explosive performers who have been completely neutered because of something going on psychologically with them.
1: Patriot Games in ninety-two, The Fugitive in ninety-three, and clear and present danger in ninety-four. I mean, he's just this is where if I mean we got in a huge argument with Hanks versus Cruz. I'm
3: I'm I'm saying, like, are we sure that this isn't the guy?
1: He might be these it depends how much credit you want to give him for. You said forever
2: movies? there's a there's a handful here man (laughs) if you're saying
1: like
3: top eight most eternal movies he probably wins before we started this i was at home with my wife and we were watching the mosquito coast and i was like this is maybe the best actor of the 1980s like he he could do anything and even those movies that were saying like the mosquito coast regarding henry movies that are kind of forgotten it's incredibly watchable there's a witness too is another one where that
2: yeah i'm with you he kind of is hanks before hanks yeah there's a in that same behind the scenes thing, there's a shot of him on the boat going to this to the shoot for the for that for that propeller scene. And he's got his fucking hair slicked back and he's wearing shades and I was like, this may be <laughs> like the coolest anyone has ever looked ever. You know, he's like on a boat in Venice, just like cruising. I was like, this guy was a- absolutely throwing like one oh one at this point in his
3: life. One of the fun things about this movie, too, is that it's almost like shows you how he becomes. Not just Indiana Jones, but Harrison Ford, you know, like mm. the scar and all that stuff that I'm sure we'll get into, which I yeah. really like, yeah. too. It's like kind of the making of of an icon throughout the movie. As for the A-plus
1: listers, he just grabs a lot of things that made the other A-plus listers. Like Costner and him, the two guys you just wouldn't leave alone with your wife or girlfriend for two hours <laughs> yeah. ever. Um,
2: but would also love to like have three beers with. Yeah, but you yeah. would
1: also like that guy would be fun to go to a ball game with or just yeah. hang out with. Um kind of the hero that little bit improbable that they're a hero but it's believable when they can fight the bad guy but you wouldn't call him like a jacked
3: it never seems unrealistic yeah Yeah. Yeah. he's very credible as a professor and very credible as a guy jumping on a tank which is hard to pull off and you
1: think of all these different movies he was in I mean The Fugitive is one of the best action movies of all time that's a movie a lot of people could have been in but I still feel like if if I can grab anyone from any point in their careers I still think he's the best choice yeah
3: same like, same hanks thing hanks
1: and the fugitive doesn't work quite as well cruise it just it, the cruise stuff overpowers it costner maybe there's a couple overlap movies with them and costner like crew uh, uh harrison definitely could have been in no way out he could play the Russian, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um and i think costner could have been in a couple of the the ford movies i think costner could have been indiana jones if he was born 10 years yeah. earlier yeah so yeah. They're, they're probably the most on each other's corner but the when you throw in Star Wars and Raiders, like nobody, that's the fucking trump card of all time.
3: I think they both have um, like regular guy athleticism. Yeah, they don't seem yeah. like they
2: were like raised in a lab to be a actor. Right. Like they were like guys who were carpenters or, you know. Minor league ball ballplayers. Worked, worked, yeah. worked real jobs, played sports. Yeah. And then we're like, I guess I'll give acting a shot, you know. He's also, I would
1: say, the number one overall draft pick of if you were playing the game, if you were hanging out with a group of people and somebody was like, I fucking hate so-and-so. <laughs> if, like, if you were hanging out with anybody, yeah. you know, I don't care what age group you were, and somebody was like, you know I fucking hate? Harrison Ford. You, people would be like, yeah. what? Like, you, You'd be like, did you get have, hit like, by a, by seizure. a baseball? Yeah. Like, what happened? But did he you... have sex with your mom? Like, yeah. What did
3: he do?
2: <laughs> Is he your
3: dad? <laughs> There'd have to be some sort of story. <laughs> do you think anyone has ever said that out loud? I fucking hate Harrison Ford. As a person, you would have a living to be like person,
2: Indiana Jones and Star Wars sucks, and it would just be like, why do you watch movies then? I would do like but a even then you, tape. you
3: could maybe you'd be into regarding Henry, you know, like he's got something for you, I know. even if you hate Han Solo. I would be
2: so interested if somebody said
1: that. I would just be like. Why? What did he do? I don't
3: (laughs) explain it. I've never heard this
2: take before. It's the all-time Is he in QAnon? Like what what did I miss? (laughs) Just wait till the end of the
1: podcast when we go to Craig and Craig's like,
2: I gotta I gotta say, guys, I fucking hate Harry's (laughs) Ford. Yeah. Never got The brand deal of eighties acting.
3: (laughs) He has and his the last 20 years for him is kind of funny because he there are times when it feels like he's trying to hold on to it, and other times where he's like, I'll play branch Ricky. Sure. You got it. Yeah. You know, like he right. sometimes he knows that he's the old guy, and other times, as we know, he's he's Indiana Jones once more. But the whole point of this new movie is like this is the end of Indiana Jones. I think his
2: his his career, such as it was, was like in a pretty, you know he was heading towards that 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 sort of darker place. And I think the fact that Hollywood is now like anything that was relevant 30 years ago we will remake has benefited him
3: to some extent. Yeah, it's called him back
2: Because he did Star Wars He did Force Awakens He did Blade Runner and he
3: did this One of my favorite Harrison Ford moments of the last 10 years was when he showed up on the David Blaine special on ABC Unbelievable And he was just absolutely marveling at David yeah. Blaine's crying. close-up magic You know what I mean? That was one of the out best out of specials Yeah, that was one of the best TV specials of all time That, that I feel like that was the last time broadcast television really mattered <laughs> Who <laughs> was
2: the one? Jamie Foxx? Who was the one that just... Compl- <laughs> Jamie Foxx with his daughter, and like he would touch Jamie Foxx's daughter's <laughs> forehead, and Jamie Foxx would feel it. Yeah, and they both just started freaking out. Then there's like <laughs> Kanye and Woody Harrelson, are hanging out, and yeah. his, and David Blaine is like putting an ice pick through his hand, and it's like, why are Kanye and Woody Harrelson together? <laughs> <laughs> why hasn't
1: why isn't that on once every four months? Um, all right, let's take a break, and then uh, want to hit a couple more things of this movie. This episode is supported by State Farm. Think about your first reaction after you have an accident. What do you do? You scream, oh no, or man, why did this happen? On the flip side, let's say you buy a new car or you lease a new car. Get in there and it smells great and you're like, man, this is awesome. But just remember, really the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring comes with a lot of chores because, you know, spring cleaning. One thing you can clean up right away, your phone bill just switch to Mint Mobile. They have unlimited talk, text, data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. $15 a month. That's like, you can subscribe to two movie channels for that. I mean, what a great deal. Also, super easy to switch plans. Everyone gets so intimidated by, oh my God, I don't know if I should switch my plan. It's not that hard. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash rewatch. That's us. That's mintmobile.com slash rewatch. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $50 a month for first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, so... I just wanted to put this in the context of 1989, which is a time when we felt like movies were going the wrong way. Spielberg even says that in this premiere, premiere magazine. Case. I know that I
2: did when I was 12.
3: I was <laughs> 12 walking were up, like, cool. Walking
2: up to my- Is there popcorn? <laughs> guys in my class and being like, how are you feeling about the state of film? Can you guys believe
3: driving this daisy? What a piece of crap. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> Why'd you pick we me come back.
2: back? <laughs> he said, uh,
1: in premiere, he said, about 1988 in my opinion it has been the worst calendar year for movies in a decade but i'm not going to sit here and tell you which ones i didn't like because a lot of them were made by my friends Wait, spielberg said that spielberg said that wow because a lot oh of them were made God. by my friends
3: he would that's something you just would never hear nowadays
1: so i look at i felt this way a little bit in 89 because it just felt like we were heading toward this weird sequel You know, just kind of ostentatious, big, Mm -hmm. loud popcorn over the top. Little did we know. I mean, that is what
3: happened, and it never stopped.
1: (laughs) I look at the fifteen movie, the top fifteen from that year, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was second at almost two hundred million dollars. Batman was first. We Mm. did Batman already. Dead Poets Society was third. We did that one. Lethal Weapon Two, pretty good movie. Look who's talking, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Back to the Future Part 2, Ghostbusters 2, Driving Miss Daisy, Parenthood, When Harry Met Sally, The War of the Roses, The Little Mermaid, Steel Magnolias, and Christmas Vacation. So we have five sequels in there. But we have some really interesting movies. I mean, you could argue When Harry Met Sally created the modern rom-com. I think War of the Roses is awesome. Like, we're definitely doing that on the rewatchables at some point. Um, Parenthood is a really fun Ron Howard movie that we've done on this. We've done 10 of these movies.
3: I think if you want to see what's really good about this year, you have to go to best original screenplay. That's where you have When Harry Met Sally, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, Do the Right Thing, Crimes and Misdemeanors, Dead Poets Society. Well, that's
1: the funny thing about 89 is there's this whole indie thing starting. Nobody sees it yet. And then we move into the next decade and all the stuff Spielberg's talking about, how movies, what's going on. And also, as we've talked about many times, there's this whole culture talking about movies that just start to feel different. So it's an important year, and I actually feel better about it than I think I felt at the time. But I'll just tell you this: when this movie came out, I saw it with Jim Grady. I remember where we saw it. It was uh, it was one of those. I think we were the the, goddamn the White Plains Mall, mm-hmm. on like a the Monday after it came out. We were my buddy Jim Grady, the number one Harrison Ford fan of all time. Yeah, would take a bullet for him. And we were just like, when are we going? What day? I can't believe he's doing it. I can't believe it's Sean Connery. Like, we just couldn't believe it. It was totally satisfying.
4: Oh, I was going to say, did he it love a, it?
1: Oh, it was just a W. We were like, wow, this is great. And if you, do you feel like you've watched this one a lot over the years? Not nearly as many times as Raiders.
3: Okay, Yeah, same.
1: I, If you're going to criticize this movie... It would be that it's a little Raiders karaoke ish. Like you have, oh, here's the scene with the rats and yeah, oh, here's a chase scene. And you know, they're they're kind of playing the hits. That's why Ebert's review of this. So there was a $48 million budget, made $472.2 million. Ten times multiple.
3: Not not, not awful. It was one, it made $450 million worldwide and was the number one movie around the world that year.
1: Won the Oscar for best sound effects editing, had a couple other nominations ebert three and a half stars he said when raiders appeared it to find a new energy level for adventure movies it was a delirious breakthrough i think i agree with that delirious breakthrough is nice mm-hmm. that would have been a good name for this podcast <laughs> I don't think there was, was no catchy. way for, no way for spielberg to top himself and perhaps it is just as well that last crusade will indeed be indy's last film Raiders, now more than ever, seems a turning point in the cinema of escapist entertainment, and there was really no way Spielberg could make it new all over again. What he's done is take many of the same elements, apply all of his craft and sense of fun to make them work yet once again, and they do. I think that's fair.
3: Did you guys happen to watch the Siskel and Ebert episode for Raiders of the Law? I did. I wish I, I had. Last Crusade. So one what did you say? Banger episode. I watched the whole thing start to finish. Here's what was also covered. Miracle Mile. Quality film. Oh, yeah. The Anthony, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards. Movie? Yeah. My guy. Uh, Clint Eastwood's Pink Cadillac and Roadhouse. (laughs) Wow. Did they like Roadhouse? What a week. Two thumbs down for Roadhouse. Uh, Oh, that's awful. I think thumbs down, thumbs up for Miracle Mile. Two thumbs up or two thumbs down for Pink Cadillac. And Siskel gave Last Crusade thumbs down. Wow. And he gave it thumbs down in part because of what you just said, which was that this is a little bit of karaoke. And he's like, Sure, is it fun to see Sean Connery? It is fun to see Sean Connery, but we've kind of seen this movie before, and I'm bored now. Cisco, you know, he would do that from time to time, but uh, in retrospect, that's a bold take.
1: <laughs> be- Can you imagine Cisco reviewing Fast Ten? Yeah, uh,
3: I mean, he w- he would have quit <laughs> a decade ago. He wouldn't have made it through He's the two thousands.
1: His eyes would have just fallen out of his skull. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, those were the stakes in the eighties. Like, even if you made the third sequel of a movie and it felt a little
3: like the first movie people were like whoa yeah he felt frustrated by what was happening that you were talking about in the box office
2: I understand what he's saying but you, the, these movies were sort of envisioned to be a series like they were they, right. they were an homage to movies that they would see like on a some weekly yeah, basis serials yeah. yeah so I think some of that is is kind of in the in the DNA of the movies themselves.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're, they're like Sunday morning cartoons in some ways. And they're yeah, inspired by happens. comic there's books. There's a
2: prelude, and, and then there's like the, the university, and then there's going to be a chase, and then there's this. One thing I noticed from 89, and this was something we
1: definitely felt, because there was a couple movies we didn't mention in the top 15, but this was definitely the sequel, let's repeat what we were doing before. And Last Crusade is the best version of it, so was Lethal Weapon 2. Ghostbusters 2, not as much. Back to the Future Part Two was that the one when he gets the he's betting on sports that might have yes. started me gambling. Let me give that a
3: thumbs up. Wait a second, we need we we need to unpack that. But, well, we'll do it on the <laughs> Part
1: Two. No, that might have been that and the Patriots going one in fifteen in nineteen ninety were the two things that
3: pushed me gambling. But did some did a future Biff. you come to the. Pre- to, oh my God! Pre- did, present past and give you a book with the results I would have done, seen Game done so much is better you I would have been <laughs> doing so much better all of this success bill <laughs> yeah, did you get <laughs> what future is the name was of like this sports column yeah. that yeah. Gives yeah. The Biff's gives him
1: sports columns <laughs> Christmas Vacation was the best Christmas movie but then it starts getting a little dark <laughs> Star Trek V: The Final Frontier not a good movie Karate Kid Part 3 eh has a moments. Naked Gun 2 has some moments, yeah. yeah. Uh Nightmare on Elm Street, probably four, something is that, like that. Is that. Dream Warriors, Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. Which one's that? Halloween Five, Police Academy Six. Now Six is good. Um, that is Six. Hellraiser Two, <laughs> and we <laughs> also Citizens <laughs> on Patrol, Moscow, and I think another Forty Eight Hours was in '89 as well. Oh yeah. So it was the, it, there was a sense like, wait, are we running out of ideas here? And then. All of a sudden, the indie revolution happens. And guess what? We hadn't run out of ideas. Right.
3: Police Academy 6 was City Under Siege. Oh. Definitely seen that
1: one. Okay. I was attracted to Leslie Easterbrook for like five Police Academy movies. I don't know when it was not say. But yeah, the first few. She was I Mahoney?
3: Mean, no, that's Gutenberg. She was the, the sexpot officer. What her character's I name? I forget what her name was. Callahan. Callahan. That's right. Like Callahan. For five. <laughs> was Callahan related to Tommy Callahan from Tommy Boy? Do you I don't know? Think so. <laughs> was that not an extended I don't it universe? I think extended, yeah, extended
2: police academy universe. I see. I
3: saw at least 3 police academy movies in the theater,
1: in case you guys were wondering. Um, and both weekend at Bernie's, one and 2.
3: Uh, 2 is abominable. Yeah. I I don't think I saw any of them, but I watched all of them on repeat throughout my childhood. I don't know. I miss those
1: funny franchises like that. I don't feel like like, would Naked Gun even work now? Like, I tried to watch Airplane and with my son. i were just saying
2: because, like, I think because uh, we were talking about like satire movies like that, like spoofs. Like, you don't, there's
3: no spoof. And there's anymore.
2: not, the nobody's done one for superheroes really, probably because it's too expensive.
3: Oh, that's interesting. And there's no other kinds of movies to. Satirize at this point i tried to get ben to watch airplane with me in like 20 minutes and he's like this sucks that's so funny because i feel like that <laughs> one holds it's up a little siskel <laughs> i watched it during the pandemic and i was like well this is still a five-star movie I've, i had the great time i think it's it.
2: fucking unbelievable it's so funny yeah. yeah did you have you shown ben kentucky fried movie <laughs> No, nah, i think that's probably too <laughs> dated <laughs> or too is he too young <laughs> to yeah maybe um
1: Today's most rewatchable scene is brought to you by Disney's Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny. In theaters June 30th, it is a grand send-off for Indiana Jones set in the year 1969. The year I was born, guys. Hmm. Harrison Ford returns as the iconic hero drawn back in action to search for an ancient artifact that can change the course of history. Something he's been looking for his entire life. It was filmed in multiple locations around the world, Sicily, Morocco, the UK. The cast includes Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Antonio Banderas, and our guy, Mads Mikkelsen. I think
2: you are going to say our guy, Boyd Holbrook.
1: Mads Mikkelsen is our guy. Bad he, poker player in Casino Royale, but great villain.
3: He's doing a little bit of what we discussed in the Casino Royale episode of oh, this new film. Oh, beautiful.
1: Indiana Jones and the Dow of Destiny is rated PG-13. You don't want to miss it. Much like our next most rewatchable scene. Let's get into it. All right, guys. Most rewatchable scenes. I just wrote that on Young River Phoenix. Yes. God damn. Yeah.
4: It's the cross of Coronado.
1: But Cortez gave it to him in 1520.
2: Ah, oh oh. That cross is an important artifact. It belongs in a museum.
4: Run back and find the others. Tell Mr. Havelock that there are men living in the caves. Have him bring the sheriff.
2: It's only a snake.
4: Did you hear
2: what I said?
0: Right. Run back, Mr. Halflock, the sheriff. What? What are you gonna do? I don't
2: know. Think of something. Wow. He's great. He kicks ass. He's perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's like a mini movie star movie for him for like 15 minutes. It's great.
3: You would have liked to have just seen this movie where he continues to figure out that he wants to be a swashbuckling archaeologist. Yeah, that would have been. And really he's got fun. this annoying absentee dad.
2: Yeah.
1: We talked about who Harrison Ford and the people he borrowed pieces from, and who was the next. It was probably River Phoenix if he doesn't get fucked up by all these different things. Because he had, he was handsome. He was, he could have been believable as a professor. He could have been believable as the tough guy. Mm-hmm. There was something, I don't know, human about him, approachable. Yeah,
3: people say that about Leonardo DiCaprio, right? That in a way he kind of right. moved into a position that River Phoenix had yeah. occupied after River passed.
2: Harrison Ford was on the set when they were shooting this, and he did a lot of stuff with River to like do his gestures and his mannerisms mm. to like make it so that the indies matched. Really cool. Yeah, there's like he does that exaggerated, kind of slapsticky, I'm
1: in trouble, but he mm-hmm. really does a good job. Yeah.
3: It's why I watch Mosquito Coast because they work together at Mosquito Coast. And the reason why Ford kind of hand picked him in a lot of ways to Spielberg is because he was like, I worked with this kid. This yeah. kid, this kid is the real deal.
1: We get a little train hop. House of Reptiles, we get an elephant, we get a lion, we get a magic caboose, Coronado crucifix. It's just a really good, it's about as good as you're going to open an actual Apex movie. Mountain
2: for crucifixes? Probably not, right? <laughs> probably not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I, is, is that the top of, like, you're saying the, the crucifixion of Jesus it's, Christ? No,
2: well, I mean, like, for the cross of Coronado, probably Apex Mountain for crosses from Coronado, you okay. know?
3: but even more so than the power of Christ compels you <laughs> oh, in the that's exorcist right. that's, a, that's a good one
1: next one I have is the rat in the snake cave into the wooden boat chase finding the
2: brother's tomb in Venice yeah Venice. That
1: the shield is the second marker what's that it's a rubbing Dad made with the grill tablet
4: just like your father Giddy is a schoolboy <sighs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if he were here now to see
1: this? <laughs> he never would have made it past the rats. He hates rats. He's scared to death of them. We makes more the spot. They're going through yep. all that stuff. Indy finds his dad. Mm-hmm. Don't call me Junior. We immediately set that up. But more importantly, we get the Elsa betrayal. Enough. Put down the gun, Dr.
0: George. Put down the gun or the Fraulein dies. But she's one of them. Indy,
4: please. She's
0: what? <laughs> Trust me. Indy, no! I will kill her. Huh? Go ahead. No! Don't shoot. Don't worry. He won't.
3: Indy, please, do what he says.
0: And don't listen to her. Enough! She died! <laughs> Wait. Wait! Wait. I'm sorry.
4: Have
1: listened to your father. Is this how you taught you were taught don't trust women, Chris Ryan, age 12? <laughs> just be careful. Just, this little blonde lassie with an Irish accent, don't I trust it. Maybe too not, good to, to be trust
2: true. Austrian women in the 40s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was 38, in yeah, fairness. Okay, it was. A little early. I think I think the rumblings were out on the okay. street. <laughs> How do you feel about Irish actress playing an Australian?
1: Uh, Austrian.
2: I had no idea until, honestly, like l- very late in life that she was not Austrian. Okay. So. Are you at the end of your life? No. Later <laughs> in life did I not know. I didn't know that Alison Duty was Irish.
1: You know, it's funny. We've done two movies like out of the last three where a beautiful woman betrayed our hero.
3: What do you think that our great filmmakers are trying to tell us about? I don't no, no, no.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say coincidence. Uh I have to tell you something. The floor's on fire. <laughs> I have that scene. I gotta
0: tell you something. Don't get sentimental now, Dad. Save it till we get out of here. The floor's on fire. See? What? And the chair.
1: We got rotating fireplaces <laughs> and secret stairwells and a motorcycle chase. I love rotating fireplaces. I love it. Yeah. It's great.
3: I also like when never our, not our heroes are tied to a chair and they're not facing each other. Mm. And so they they can make a lot of jokes facing in the opposite direction. Yeah. That's great stuff.
1: Sierra, you feel like you could get out of rope like that? I had that as pick and knits. I now. have pretty,
2: uh, pretty thin wrists. So, yeah,
1: I do. <laughs> you feel like you get through
2: yeah. it? <laughs> I've thought about this before. <laughs> like whenever you get like a wristband at like a show or something like that, I can always just pop that off. The bad guys wow. just never tight, tighten it enough with yeah. the rope and also there's always a lighter or a switchblade right there yeah you know? maybe check the pockets for lighters you
1: t- you spent this much time tying them up yeah um you could also like tip the chair over do that thing where now you're on your side and you have you know this- all
3: of these movies and all of the james bond movies have the scott evil problem where in Austin Powers, Scott asks his father, Dr. Evil, just yeah. give me a gun. I'll go shoot him in the head <laughs> right now. He's right we'll there. do it together. You know, it's just like there's always somebody who's heroes. like, we
2: need, we may need them alive at some point. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Scott, daddy's working. <laughs> um, we did the Austin Powers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and we great. did two for Rewatchables 99. Yeah.
3: When are we doing three? Gold member? Three's good. Two's my favorite, though. You're
1: more of a love guru guy. That's right. <laughs> I have a couple more rewatchables. Indy's dad gets kidnapped in the tank. We get a tank fight. We get the going toward a cliff, About yeah. which is, I think, who did the first, this thing's headed toward a cliff and everybody's about to fall off and our hero. Did I mean, he fall off or probably not? Buster probably Buster Keaton. Silent Films, yeah. yeah.
2: Fast and Furious, I think, has ripped this scene off three It's either, it's three either Buster times. Keaton or Fast and Furious. Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> yeah this was after Indy. <laughs> I
1: think they've ripped this off three different movies where the cars are going yeah. toward and it's like, oh my God.
3: Yeah. I just saw a movie, I'm not going to say what movie, that has a version of this that is fucking awesome. You'll see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oppenheimer? Uh, it's Barbie. <laughs> yeah. Barbie.
1: Henry gets shot. I, basically the ending, you could put the whole ending in, but Henry getting shot and we get the, the healing power of the grail is the only thing that could save him now. You can't save him when you're dead. The healing power of the Grail is the only thing that can save your father now it's time to ask yourself what you
3: believe
1: mm. always good I like when the the object of the whole movie becomes then yeah. a life-saving device is always fun Indy goes to get the Grail does the kneel before the god only in the footsteps of God will he proceed and then the leap of faith
3: love that only in the leap from the lion's
1: head will he prove his worth. And ah! you must hurry. Come quickly.
4: It's a leap of faith. Oh God. You must believe, boy. You must
2: believe. Kind of like the process with St. "hickey."
3: Do you feel like you were we'll on a forced forward. perspective bridge? Yeah. What are
2: we What are we on now? You would leap forward. <laughs> I think, your local I think four. like James Harden. We've drank from the wrong cup. No, I think you're trapped <laughs> in the <a> tomb right <laughs> now the with the knight.
3: Who's the knight in this case? Is it Embiid or is it Maury? <laughs> it's probably Tobias Harris.
1: <laughs> I just as short, but Nazi stooge drinking the wrong Grail is yeah. just great. Yeah, yeah, yeah drink, drink that yeah. one. Drink that yeah. one, Nazi stooge. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's getting old. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Elsa falling to her death I can reach it and then the dad says Indiana let it go yeah Elsa never really believed in the grail she thought she found a prize what did you find illumination <laughs> great ending yeah this movie's good
2: it is good <laughs> yeah. you're talking yourself into it <laughs> no
1: oh, man I've been in the whole time. I just the last twenty minutes or first fifteen, last twenty, I think are great. I have, and then the middle, I think you could have probably taken ten minutes. Oh, I out. see. I
2: think I think the castle stuff is great with them. With the that that's basically like the the haunted house part of mm. of the movie that I really like. And yeah, I'm surprised you don't have the blimp in there. You
3: know, put the blimp in definitely. the 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 throwing the, the guy over the from the blimp and him landing on the luggage is an incredible psych gag. Yeah. Really funny. And then their escape where, you know, Professor Jones accidentally shoots the tail wing off with his machine he's gun. It's like, oh no, they got us. They got <laughs> us. <laughs> that's an amazing scene. So I had,
1: not to jump ahead, but I had some of that in one stage the worst. Okay. It just felt like the... The effects, you mean? The effects just weren't there yet in 1989. Yeah. It just yeah. felt like two guys in a sound stage on Sunset Gower in an old plane.
3: Sometimes I'm willing to forgive that stuff. You know, they yeah, did the I best it. they could. I still think it looks better
2: it. than a lot of the crap we see today. What do you got for most rewatchable CR? I'm probably going to go with um, finding the brother's tomb. I really enjoy that with like g- breaking through the floor, the mm-hmm. X marks the spot, doing all the stuff with the window. And then, you know, like her being like, what's this one? And he's like, the Ark of the Covenant. She's like, are you sure? He's like, pretty sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of got all the indie stuff that you want right in one scene. And I just think that's such a neat scene. I agree.
3: Scene. That's my favorite scene sequence as well.
1: I feel like there could have been more of these. Like the whole thing, where Spielberg's like, I don't know. We keep coming back to the wild. It's like I feel like you could have pumped these out every two
2: years. This is that was that was my hottest take. It was just like why you do that why, now? Why, I just there could be fifteen of these. Like I there's like enough ideas of like what if we made him do this or what mm-hmm. if he was looking for that. And I was like I don't know in the long scheme of things like don't you look back you're like I could have, I could have done eight more indie movies yeah like he could have gone to Egypt and found somebody's tomb yeah I don't
1: you,
3: want, you still... want to come up with some more ideas here <laughs> oh, no yeah. nah, that's it that's all we I got we could have gone to Canada and found the Vancouver <laughs> grizzly the first Indiana time we're... In
2: the very China. Like, there could have just been like a bunch of yeah. there, there's a lot just have them do the seven wonders
3: I think that these movies are pretty hard on Harrison Ford's body yes so well, that was an he issue on doing all the stunts yeah. I have for most
1: rewatched, but I really, I really like the River Phoenix part.
3: Yeah, that is that is really good.
1: Like, if I'm flipping channels and that movie's about to start, I'm like, ah, River Phoenix. Part. Yeah,
3: well, they don't—I'm sure you have this in, in part of the research, but I think they actually could have even improved it a little bit more if they just let us know that that was supposed to be Marion's dad. You know, the, the idea that that was supposed to be Abner Ravenwood, is that— marion's last name yeah and that he was indy's real mentor the father who wasn't you know who was there for him that's why he wears the hat that's why he's got the bullwhip that's why he's got all the stuff and that he went into this life of adventuring archaeology instead of professorial archaeology would have tied the bow a little bit more on that story but it's fun as it is i mean it still really works but just reading that that was their intent actually got me more excited Today's
1: most rewatchable scene was brought to you by Disney's Indiana Jones and Dallas Destiny. Don't miss the final installment of this iconic franchise. Indiana Jones and Dallas Destiny is rated PG-13 only in theaters June 30th, the day before NBA free agency. (laughs) When the Knicks get Porzingis back, Indy comes home and Porzingis (laughs) comes home the next day.
2: Kristaps Sounds- Porzingis in the Dial of Destiny, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> in, the Juli- <laughs> in the Julius Randall cap figure. It was
3: all foretold in the yeah. sports almanac that I gave to myself from twenty years mm. in the future.
1: What's age the best? I like the idea of Holy Grail protectors. Yeah, the Secret Order of the Cruciform Sword. Mm-hmm. That's right. Basically, next Templar, right? That's one where Lucas was like, "It's like twelve thirty at night. And they're on their seventh bottle of Pinot Noir." He's like,
2: "What about that? what are you? Where are you out on the Grail? You big
3: right. Grail guy?" I'm. Um, thank you for bringing this up. I have a lot of thoughts. I'd like to hear Sean's thoughts. This is the whole story. is Just absolute horseshit. Oh come on! And just what are we talking? So this is the cup, the chalice that Jesus Christ, the Savior, he drank from at the Last Supper, at the Last Supper. <laughs> and because he drank from it. No, and then they catch his blood at the crucifixion. And that would lead to eternal life and youth for whomever drinks from the cup. You're uh-huh. doing
0: picking nits on Christianity? No, I, abs- Catholic. on Catholic? On,
3: on the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not on Christianity. I'm, I'm not a practicing Christian. I'm not making any judgments in that respect. The, the mythology of the Grail, I say no. No thank you, sir. It's like
2: honestly probably one of the bedrocks of like Western storytelling is the Grail myth. <laughs> Well, you you fools <laughs> fell for it. I don't know what to say. I had a. Big I feel like my aquarium. What do you think, Perk? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Carry on. I don't like the Holy Grail at all. Um, I don't even know what to say about Sean's blasphemy, but <laughs> but, but it's okay. So okay, I had this whole phase when I was a kid because the Philadelphia Art Museum <laughs> has a big collection of crucifixion art and uh-huh. also uh, medieval armor. Mm-hmm. So I got really into King Arthur. Grail was a big thing for King Arthur. He sent those guys yeah. out to look for it. Yeah. And I just got really
3: obsessed with it. What happened to all those guys he sent out? Well, I mean. You Dead. Know, some of them. They died. <laughs> questing for something that doesn't exist, that doesn't grant powers. But they were going powers. through
2: like, a, like plague years there. Well, like, it they cleaned a, to... it
1: cleaned a bullet wound pretty fast.
3: I, that was yes, pretty cool. In the mythology of this film, it works wonderfully. But this is so just a movie. So does Sean
1: Connery have eternal life though? I had this later for no, probably we got, no. We'll no. talk we'll about get into that. it, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: We Bill Grail, yay nay. Yeah, I like you, it. Did you ever okay. have a King
1: Arthur phase or a Grail phase or anything? I never had a phase, but I like the I like the concept, you, the I'd idea. know it's there. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it just kind of transformed into the uh, NBA title. (laughs) Jokic (laughs) Jokic wins that. It's similar. He gets superpowers. He does get eternal legacy power. He's remembered at this age forever. Dirk Nowitzki, two thousand eleven, Holy Grail. Reggie Jackson, twenty twenty
3: (laughs) three, and also Larry O'Brien also crucified, as I recall. That's That's why. That's why he got the trophy.
1: There was a thing on uh, one of the weird NBA Instagram things that I follow. (laughs) that had the 1976 championship celebration for the Celtics when the NBA trophy was still the Stanley Cup? It looked like the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then the next year with the Blazers, when they went, it turned into what the trophy looks like now. And you see this cup and you're like, that's amazing. Why did they get rid of that thing? Hmm. Apparently it's in the Hall of Fame. What? When I'm in charge of the NBA, the cup comes back. The cup. <laughs> we get rid of the Larry. It,
3: it, I don't know the origins of the Stanley Cup. Is it somehow related to... Lord Stanley, but like Christian. Oh, I don't know. I artifacts? think he
2: just he just wanted to talk more about the NBA. I don't yeah.
1: think it was like <laughs> this is the actually. The I Holy thought you were gonna Grail. close the loop on that. No. No. no, okay, all right. But it felt more Holy Grail-y, I guess is okay. my point. Right. It was more like a cup you could drink out of. More would Sage the best. Um, we've said this, and when we did Raiders, the Nazis as villains, you just don't get any better for a movie villain. it's the peak. And we got the big dog in this one. Yeah.
3: Yes, we do. We do.
1: We there get Connery. <laughs> we get Connery saying, Nazis, I hate these guys. Yes. Yeah. It's yep. great stuff. Indy and the dad both sleeping with Elsa. I know we talked about it. You that, said but what's age the best? What well, just that they went for it in nineteen eighty nine. It was like fucking ballsy. I'm actually surprised they did that. I appreciated it. Yeah. So, like, wow. Uh, Sam Levinson
3: directed this one. <laughs> Harrison Ford's forty six. Sean Connery only twelve years older. 58 at the time yeah. of making this movie. Allison Duty, 21 years old. Man. Yeah. Okay. Did lot, that age? A the lot best? of
2: Larry O'Brien trophies <sighs> passed between the three of them.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: A lot of championships. The quest for the grail is not archaeology. It's a race against evil. If it's captured by the Nazis, the armies of darkness will march all over the face of the earth. I had that on what stage the best. Great, great setup for our conflict.
3: Are we sure about that?
1: The Armies of Darkness. Man, what's
3: going on with you? I don't know. I'm, I'm the grail. Are
1: we <laughs> sure it's good? I don't am
4: just not sure.
1: <laughs> uh, it's a short scene, but Hitler autograph in the diary when you don't know what's going to happen is really, really, really smart. Yeah. And well done. Good moment. What, uh, Harrison Ford and Connery. We covered a lot of the other ones. Yeah. I best. mean, what like, off that,
2: got? I I love uh, Harrison Ford's fake Scottish accent right before he meets actual Scotsman Sean Connery.
0: What oh, a time. Do you intend to leave us standing on the doorstep all day with the wrench? Ah! Look, I've
4: gone
1: and caught a sniffle. Are you expected? Do not take that tone with me, my good man. Now battle off and tell Baron Brunwell that Lord Clarence MacDonald and his lovely assistant are
2: here to view the tapestries. Tapestries? me, the man is We're here to see the tapestries. Um, and I love uh, when you watch this movie this stuff and it's probably the Lucas part all these like little rabbit holes you can go down of like the chronicles of St. Anselm which is like kind of true but it's basically like the Canterbury bishop who was like here's where the grail is and the brothers of the cruciform stored or or the Knights Templar and yeah just it's it's, like
3: a fun movie to like study I thought Julian Glover aged really well here like this is about to be Grand Maester Pycelle from Game of Thrones Walter Donovan yeah yeah Um, Hmm and is a kind of a great heel figure in movies over the course yeah. of 40 years. And his turn in this movie is perfect. You think he's on one side and then there's a classic He's supposed to be what, like reverse. a Getty kind of? I like, guess so, yeah. yeah.
1: The Kid Cudi Pursuit Happiness Award for Best Needle Drop also wins the Great Shot Gordo Award for Most Cinematic Shot. The final shot when the oh, yeah. indie there's music no, kicks no in and we get the
3: sunset. It's fucking... The horizon. Right. Love it. And you, love it. You go Steve. Yep. Do your thing. Just why you're one stuff. of the greats. Yep. It's a good one.
1: Big Kahuna Burger award for best use of food and drink.
2: Not a lot of eating or I drinking gotta in this movie. I got to tell you something. I just rewatched you know, I skimmed through it, so I'm willing to be wrong. I don't think a single morsel of food is consumed in this film. Mm.
3: no
1: Nobody goes to the bathroom and eats they're, and they're and in drinks. Venice too. They missed yeah. out big time. That's why they needed the father son eating scene. I have The Grail as the best use of food and drink cuz it's water uh, from a the cup of Christ. Yeah. 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 Mm. First time the cup of Christ might have won that one, I think. That's right. First time, yeah. first time winner.
3: Yeah. Probably not the last.
1: <laughs> the Denethieves
2: Benihana award for scene stealing location. Where would you go with CR? Blimp restaurant. We got to bring blimps back. This is something that I'm passionate about. I I just took like five flights in two weeks. And I wanna I wanna fucking get up and, and mingle a little bit. Yeah. Like I'm tired of being live. You wanna have
3: the same experience but over several days <laughs> rather than eight hours.
2: <laughs> I've been looking into whether blimps are coming back because I think the Hindenburg may have uh, you know,
3: like brought that down a yeah. bit. Yeah, burned the market a little.
2: And there's a a company launching in 2026 that's offering Arctic and African voyages. And I think we should do a live rewatchables on one of those. So I had this as one of my three possible hottest takes. I ended up
1: doing a whole bunch of research on blimps. Yeah. Why did they fall out of fashion? (laughs) They're going really strong through like the mid fifties and then not sure what happened.
3: This is
2: now that it's just
1: like for TV, it's the Goodyear blimp. It's floating over the game and that's all it is.
2: If you were going from LA to Chicago and it was like, you can get there in five hours or you can get there in what a day and a half well, how long is, how fast a blimp go <laughs> that's yeah no keep going no one's doing that how, <laughs> how long is how, but like i'm saying like but the option was you could just hang out in this restaurant yep. while you flew yeah you could also risk being burned alive inside of a balloon so that oh because plane travel is just like 100 out of 100 <laughs> all it's right going go chris
0: chris a blimp on average can travel 150 to 200 miles
3: per day
2: that's horrible. No. That's like way worse than cars. <laughs> it
3: oh, like man. LA
0: to San Diego.
3: <laughs> this is going to lead directly to I'm Sean Fantasy, welcome to the Rewatchables. Unfortunately, Bill Simmons and Chris Ryan died <laughs> tragically yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a blimp doing rec- recording the five heat. Yeah.
2: Doing public enemies. <laughs> See.
1: I'll do my blimp take down. I think the Hindenburg thing really scared people out. Yeah, I do think that happened. <laughs> they, they <laughs> It was the worst. It was the worst you know, of all the, the ways to die. It was like you're gonna fall slowly to your death, and then everyone gets set on <laughs> fire. That, people are like, "Whoa, blimps!"
2: I Out. think people were ready to forget it, and Led Zeppelin brought it back. No, and then
3: stole the it's Zeppelin. Called
2: thing. Led Zeppelin. No, but they brought it like by like having the Hindenburg on the album cover. People were like, "Oh yeah, blimps." Why did we ever think that was a good idea? Oh,
3: they brought back the idea of hating them. Yeah, yeah I think oh, blimps I were okay. ready
1: for a revival, and then sporting events. But if they made blimps that went like. 300 miles an hour. and be like, oh, do you want to go to San Francisco with me? We'll take the blimp. Oh, God. We'll have a nice imagine? lunch. We'll time it for two playoff games.
3: I, I wish you guys well. I mean, the idea of getting 10,000 feet in the air and going slow is not something I'm interested in. <laughs> <laughs> what if there's movie theaters? <laughs> yeah, I'm what if sure. there was a movie theater? Yeah, sure.
2: What if it was a floating film festival? Sean's
3: in the screening
1: yeah. room on our blimp.
3: Yeah, I'll take a lot of Xanax the and then I'll watch movies for 16 consecutive days.
1: I'm telling you, if if it hadn't been such a fiery, awful crash, it was like an unusually horrible crash. Yeah. People people like blimps. If it was just like out. a soft
2: landing, you know, like oh no, it went down. Dude, I'm sorry. Did big blimp? cut you guys <laughs> check
3: what is happening here? <laughs>
2: 150 miles an hour. Right? You know that blimps don't need like a runway so they can land in all sorts of. Oh, how exciting! Places. They yeah. can also crash anywhere. So 150 miles a day. Yeah. <laughs> is that? But are those I mean, Hindenburg like, numbers, or is that the how newfound how do, technology? I don't know. That's pretty tough. That's, that's, you gotta sucks. work on blimps. <laughs> I, we feel like I do back. 150 miles a day going to like downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> that's an incredible. That's bit. like a Zoe soccer trip. The, for yeah. Me.
1: The Hindenburg
0: could travel at 84 miles per hour. So they only got 15 miles from that.
1: <laughs> what the fuck was fun about going 84 miles an hour? I guess it was in the 1930s. Yeah. That must have been mind blowing. That was the max
0: like, speed, the cruising speed,
1: 78.
3: Well, I wish you guys well.
1: (laughs) Titanic, (laughs) people rallied back from giant yachts after the Titanic. Mm -hmm. They were like, all right, let's give this another whirl. Boats.
3: I'm a fan of uh, commercial air travel. It's something I'm good with. I feel like we're doing a good job. All
2: I was saying was that it would be cool. Okay, it would be cool if planes also had, like, a restaurant then.
3: Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we need basically... That's
2: a multi-tiered planes. Yeah. Like in Midnight Run where it's just like going up the stairs and then there's like all this room and they're hanging out. What
3: happened to the double-decker planes? I took a double-decker plane to Europe recently. It was fine. It was nice.
2: And what happened to the Concorde?
3: I don't know. You Remember, gotta bring it was like, back. let's try
1: to get 800 miles an hour. From you got to
2: bring back big brick cell phones yeah. and and Concords.
1: I In Midnight Run, when they fly in the plane, yeah. and they're in this awesome plane that has like a staircase. Yeah, you I'm get like, a little, oh, so, man. Yeah. I get this date. You get great. the lobster, a little surf and turf.
3: Also, you got you to bring back a world where you can make a phone call on a plane where you say, I'm talking to a dead man. <laughs> like, <there's, that's... laughs>
1: What'd you have for Denna Thieves, Benny Hanna, where for scene-stealing location? I had the Blimp restaurant. What'd you have?
3: I, where do they, where are they? They, when Indy and his dad are like sort of seated together after they've escaped Austria, but in the ha- blimp restaurant is no, 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 they're, it's, it's not, it's, they're, they're in like oh, um, a
2: motorcycle with the sidecar.
3: No, 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 it's before that sequence. They're like sitting together and they're having an argument. I think it's after they've broken free, but before they go to Germany, before they go, where they go, Berlin, where well, they go to Berlin, before yeah. they go to Berlin, where are they? Well, Austria, they're basically having an argument know. and it looks like they're about to like have a coffee, but they don't.
2: They're in Austria at the castle. Then they they run away, and then they go to Berlin. They take the motorcycle to Berlin. Mm-hmm. Then they get in a blimp to go, and then right we can discuss where they go. Then an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I like when uh, they pop out of the manhole cover and yeah. they're in the middle of like a the talented Mr. Ripley yeah. all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. I like those yeah. big giant like people having coffee with lots of tables out in a yeah. big public area. The Butcher's Girlfriend Award for weak link of the film. I'm gonna have to go with Allison Duty here, who's fine. I think she's too young. We covered that earlier. She was twenty-one when she made the movie, and Connery is like in his mid-50s, and Harrison Ford was in his <laughs> mid-forties. Um, I just think there were better choices back then,
2: and I have some for her. I don't know if there's coach. a deep bench of believable Austrian women. Oh, I have a couple. Okay.
3: I have a strong take about this, which is that I think that Marion should be in all of these movies. And that Karen Allen brings something to the movies that they're sometimes missing. Hmm. And her are you trying out for
2: undisputed like what's going on with you? There's the the grail doesn't matter. Marion's gotta be in all these movies.
3: Yeah. It's it's (laughs) called uh, podcasting. Get some takes going. No, I think she's great. And I think the ones that she's in are elevated by her presence. And uh there's like a toughness in that character that these other characters don't have. No, no offense to Steven Spielberg's wife, Kay Capshaw, but like that's kind of the weak link of Temple of Doom for me. Um, and this movie too. It's like Allison Duty is just not memorable. She's beautiful. She's not bad as an actress. her
1: IMDb spoke for itself the next 35 years. I had a couple of rec- I'll do a recasting couch now.
2: Greta Scot- Scotchy was in mm. this guy. She, presumed is, Innocent you're a year later. man for digging in for the Greta, the Greta Presumed grab.
1: Innocent a year later, when she was kind of like underused in general, Like, um, big talking point with me and my high school friends. We just loved her.
3: Mm-hmm. She's um, Italian, right?
1: She was just the best.
2: I she, don't know. I think she's Italian. She's she, Italian-Australian. She would, mm. Yeah, there you go. How does she feel about blimp travel? Mm.
1: <laughs> I think you put her in there.
2: I wish we could have just
1: switched her with Alice in Duty and in Presumed Innocent. Oh. Just do a, do a movie switch. You want
2: duty and Presumed yeah, Innocent? Just,
1: I, I think Greta think was underused in Presumed Innocent. She's barely in
3: it. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen you pull off a one-for-one to for one trade that I might made get sense some draft in a movie. Fix. Wow.
1: Uh, Sharon Stone is throwing 120 miles an hour in 1989 and was available this and was in a whole
3: bunch of movies like this. Right okay. before Total Recall. Like, yeah. She would
1: have
2: to fake the she accent. She was in like King Solomon, which is essentially a...
3: Yeah. Very similar.
2: Total yeah. Recall
1: yeah. a year later, but I think... Maybe you just make her American and then, uh, our queen, Michelle Pfeiffer. If you Um, really want to get balls. Yeah. This is fabulous. Baker boys. Mm. Literally this year. Wasn't it this year? Yeah.
2: Did she ever make a Harrison Ford movie? She, what lies beneath? Yeah. Yeah. Good
1: movie. My thing is like, if you're going to get Harrison Ford, you're going to get Sean Connery. Don't, don't go with the veterans minimum as my point guard.
2: So they are up against go, the second April. Go get me
1: one more all-star. We have we yeah. have no second April yeah. in the movie. We're yeah. about to make $500 million. Yeah. Go get me Sharon Stone. Go get me Greta Scotchy.
3: Yeah. The Suns can't re-sign campaign for the same reason. You know, right. we need to bring in who? DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go get him.
1: Like, even Denholm Elliott is in this, and he's probably...
3: Way overqualified.
1: Overqualified to be sure. this kind of dopey
3: part totally. that he's in? They actually changed this character completely. To make him more goofy for the first film, (sighs) what's age the worst?
1: Indy tries the Irish accent. Do you have any Scottish? uh, Scottish. What what do you got?
2: What do you got for that one?
3: I mean, I think it's supposed to be a joke. Okay. Yeah, a joke on Sean Connery,
2: or just a joke about his inability to like do Scottish accents. Yeah, we basically mentioned
1: everything. The twelve years apart, the uh, special effects. There was a part in the Premiere Magazine that was also in the research about um, it was pretty hot sometimes, and Connery was wearing these tweed pants. And anytime his bottom half was out of camera, he would just stroll around the set without pants, and people thought it was hilarious. Yep. And now he would probably be arrested and thrown
3: in jail. It's <laughs> funny people don't realize that every time we film one of these, Chris has never worn pants. <laughs> Chris never wears <laughs> pants ever. Uh,
1: it's like ah, oh, remember when Sean had no uh, pants on <laughs> was
3: doing drinking
1: Scottish, whatever? And, and uh, what a fun ni- guy! In 1989, uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> I know.
2: You're like, oh man, that Connery. <laughs>
1: yeah. Any other would say
2: the worst for you guys. Um, the flight that they take to get to venice three layovers that's tough And any time when they show the map Mm. and all the stops that 1930s planes had to make where you're like man this thing just barely made it to newfoundland and then it had to stop in like the azores and then it had to stop like again in lisbon like it's tough that was a weird, for your beloved air air travel weird era for maps and movies
1: where they these movies would be like the top of the line people all over the place yeah. the best score <laughs> and then they'll be like oh we need a map sequence and we get, Bob knows how to do a map <laughs> <laughs> Bob's like making a map it's yeah, like Spielberg is guy? Austria above Germany and he's just <laughs>
2: getting that going with a red line and they just kind of shove that in also I would just say um, after watching John Wick four uh, it's kind of hard to go back to like a long fist fight.
3: You know, good point. Um, what's up with the order of the cruciform sword? I feel like that hasn't aged well. Why not? Because no, like, what are those? That's a Soho House. Like what those <laughs> guys? <laughs> That's, That's how people you get into, into the Soho House. Um, you're like here. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- so there's a band of secret, a secret cabal of yeah. soldier warriors who are protecting. The secrecy of the grail. The grail. Yeah, from guys like him. Is they've it more unlikely than grail. John
1: Wick, the ho- the homeless assassins that are strewn around the subway system? Well,
3: very similar, actually. But what... I, th- th- It's kind of tossed off, but, like, what's... So these guys have they're never... they Templar. But they've the never se- seen they the grail. They the
2: security. Well, because you have to be, like, of a certain, like, purity of, of, like, soul to do it, you know?
3: But they've dedicated their lives to that. They're willing to die by propeller uh-huh. to keep Indiana Jones from getting to this thing that they've never seen. Again, I, I ask think they're trying you, to the keep Grail, are we sure it's good?
2: Trying to keep everyone from the Grail, to keep the Grail secret because in the wrong hands, the Grail's power is too big, you know?
3: It just seems like a a big sacrifice, you know. Show me, show me something. Show me a grail. I don't. <laughs> who are these guys? What's we'll be Kazeem? back. Who's that guy? We'll be back on Rogan after this <laughs> with
2: heretic Sean. He's like, yeah. Why would you care about God?
1: <laughs> do you want to debate somebody about the holy Grail for a hundred thousand dollars?
3: I do. I bring Stephen A. in. I'm ready to speak with him.
2: Uh-huh. Chris, was there a better title for this movie? Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think they didn't use Holy Grail? Well, because it's crusades to find the Grail and to go to reclaim the Holy Land. I so.
3: think they didn't want it to be too defined by a, a Christian ethos. And that would have, wouldn't have would have played as well overseas,
1: honestly. I don't love the title. And I don't know what the title should have been. But I don't love the title.
3: Indiana Jones and his I dad. always
1: call this the third indie with Sean Connery. Like, I don't even, the title, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's also a prequel, so maybe they could have gotten a little inventive with that.
3: <laughs> yeah. They should have just called it Indiana Jones' dad.
2: <laughs> that would have been good. Indiana Jr. and senior. Yeah. Yeah. They should just t- title it like a friend's episode. The, the <laughs> one with Sean Connery.
1: <laughs> Best quote You lost today, kid, but that doesn't mean you have to like it.
3: Good it's one. A good one I like that. Yeah. My hottest take. Wait, can I just say I remembered my Charlemagne is my favorite quote? Yeah. You know, oh. May my armies be the birds and the trees and the right and the rocks. No? Yeah. You're 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 mad. You're like, I'm not mad. I'm just... in on blimps and I'm in on the <laughs> grail, and you have offended me.
1: <laughs> um let's take a break and then I'll do my hottest take. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. Vital Farms keeping it bull-free. <laughs> we always wanted our kids as they were growing up to have stuff that came from the right places. Vital Farms is perfect for this. Here's how good Vital Farms is. You can go to vitalfarms.com farm and you can get a 360 degree peek at the actual farm where your eggs came from. Uh, it's a certified B corporation. They are devoted to improving the lives of people, animals, and the planet through food, Great taste. You can do fried, poached, scrambled. Vital Farms bet you can taste the difference. Food simply tastes better when where it came from. Shop the farm. That's a certified B Corporation and gives their hens the lifestyle they deserve. Vital Farms. Look for the black Vital Farms carton in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms. Keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half price shakes every night after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. Just think of it. All that creamy, soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like Goofy shakes. I like vanilla shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? Vanilla shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic Half Price Shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. All right. Stephen A. Smith, let take a word. I just think the River Phoenix prequel, I just wish... That had happened in 1989, and then we did this
3: movie, like, in 1991. So they
2: had already done Young Indiana Jones, the TV series, right? No, that was 92. 92. It was inspired by this
3: movie. And they tried to get River, and River wouldn't do it. And by
1: the way, if we're playing GM for a day with the franchise, the Young Indiana Jones is probably the second movie.
3: Mm. And then you do the the prequel. Well, interestingly, Temple of of Doom is a prequel. Mm -hmm. Because Temple of Doom takes place before the events of Raiders, right?
2: Uh yeah. yeah, does Crusade take place?
3: It's right after, at, it's shortly after yeah. Raiders.
1: Yeah. Are you eliminate? Would you, if I could trade you Temple of Doom for an entire Indiana Jones prequel with River Phoenix, a film or oh. a series film?
3: You're wheeling and dealing right now. Yeah, it really yeah. must be draft week. Jeez, I just feel like that was like a that would have
1: been an awesome movie. It would movie. have
2: it would have broken the hegemony of the series. Like it wouldn't, I think they would, you'd have to make that in a different way than you would make an Indian, like a normal Indiana Jones series.
3: Well, it's interesting because the the whole series is obsessed with the idea of legacy. Like the fourth film is also his son, Mutt, and then the fifth film is his goddaughter and, you know, the Phoebe Waller-Bridge character. So Mm -hmm. I think I would, I would have been interested for sure. Temple of Doom, I'm not, I'm just not a big fan of personally.
1: If we had the streaming era the way we had it, so they do the Young Indiana Jones show, but it's, I don't even know what channel that was on. Um, mm, ABC, but now it would have ABC, been like, I think? it would have been like an Amazon or an Apple show. It would have been a
2: Disney Plus show, no. Or
1: Disney Plus. Yeah. And it probably would have been awesome. They would have thrown money behind it. I don't know. Casting what ifs. We mentioned the Harrison Ford River Phoenix connection. So apparently if Connery said no, Gregory Peck and John Pertwee were the backup choices. I don't even know who John Pertwee is. Who is that?
3: John Pertwee? I just I knew know. about
1: Peck. And then Amanda Redman was asked to play the female lead of Elsa, but turned it down because she had a real life fear of rats, much like, I think all humans, Mm. (laughs) but I mean, who's like, you know what I like? Rats. (laughs) Who do you have for the uh, Ruffalo, Hannah Rubinick, Partridge overacting award, Sean? They knew and they let it happen.
2: Don't you call me lady. I come in here. I give these things to you. Give me all you got. Give me all you got. I treated you like a son! You fucking
1: stabbed me in the heart! Fuck you! Fuck you!
3: Fuck you! Uh, Michael Byrne as Ernst Vogel, the SS officer, really working extremely hard in this movie.
2: I thought that the the Nazi lady in the castle, who, when they first turn around in the fireplace, and she's like, She has like
3: four <laughs> seconds of screen time. She screams the entire time. Um, That's a good one. I also think any all movies that John Reese Davies are in are overacting awards because he <laughs> yeah. was like, Indy, come on down here, sir. Like, there's no other way of delivering lines other than at the top of his register and very excited about who he's seeing. Like, he's never That's given a, good a subtle performance. Oh, the only other casting if, by the
2: way, Olivier was considered for the Grill Night, but he he passed away. Ah, yeah. yeah. Probably died just the of, Grail,
3: I'm thinking of dealing with the grail and all that bullshit.
1: <laughs> Best that guy award. I think Allison Duty probably wins it, right? Every time you saw her, it was like, Oh, the lady yeah. from any if she was in anything after this, it was the last crusade lady. Yeah. She never really had another thing.
3: You know what she did have? What? Major League Two.
1: Oh, wow. Right. Oh, that's pretty good.
3: No, she's the girl. She's yeah. Berenger's girlfriend who yes. he leaves for Renee Russo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rebecca Flannery. Holy shit.
1: And then she stole his bat. <laughs> um, Dan Waiters Award? I don't know. I got the
3: grill night. Okay. That's good. There's a good story about that guy, right? What's that actor's name? I can't remember. Uh, that guy's name is... Robert Edison. Robert Edison. He's like a world-class stage actor who had, who had acted in a movie in 1948 and had not acted on screen since then. Wow. And they brought him in for this film. That's just this one he sequence. He just knocks it out. And he kills it.
2: Yeah. And Choose Wisely has lived on forever. Yeah.
0: It's kind of a meme now.
3: Is
2: it? it is. You that have, image? You have chosen yeah. poorly. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Yeah. Wow.
1: So Harrison Ford did many of his own stunts, which he always does. And there's a lot of quotes in there about the stuntman being like, if he wasn't such a great actor, he would have been an awesome stuntman. I love when they say that about, yeah. like, Cruise or
3: Harrison he's, Ford. That's the physical version of the guy who smoked a cigar and drank two whiskeys every day and lived till 96. But it's Harrison Ford, and he's just thrown his body off of trucks for the last 50 yeah. years, and he's going to live till he's 90. It's right. kind of amazing.
1: This is kind of a bummer. Denholm Elliott was diagnosed with AIDS shortly before filming began and was seriously ill during some of the production stuff. and.
3: I don't think it lasted a lot that long after. I think he died in 92, yeah.
1: Um, Most of the uniforms worn by the Nazis are authentic World War II uniforms, not replicas. They found some case in Germany. The costume designer decided to use them. So they bred the rats for the yeah. movie. 2,000 rats. Somewhere 2,000 or 7,000. I saw different numbers, but you had to breed them so they didn't have disease. Couldn't do it. I just couldn't be a
2: part of it. Personally. You yeah.
3: yeah. is rats at the top just, of your fear like power rankings? And I
2: I don't like the idea of five thousand of them being like in the building with me.
3: Rats, snakes, bugs. What's your ranking there? Those are the three creatures in, like the, most in the first three of. films. From most to least.
2: I would say snakes. Like you can kick rats, mm. but snakes are just I don't you like know. the idea of being like a rat, like rat infestation.
3: What about you? I'm I don't I don't like bugs. I'm kind of scared of bugs. Not just like a bug, like a single spider, no problem. 25 plus bugs in any circumstance? Yeah. Not good. Terrified. My daughter's really scared of spiders. It's really strange. (laughs) You know, one spider's like, it turns into that. The following year, after Last Crusade, Steven Spielberg produces his good friend Frank Marshall's directorial debut. Yeah. Arachnophobia.
1: Wow. Um, Michael Jackson visited the set during his bad concert tour, And in the controversial HBO documentary, Leaving Neverland, it was revealed he was, brought a child actor with him who then had a bunch of claims, but said that he hung out with Harrison Ford and got to swing his bullwhip. So that's on the internet.
2: Jesus. Um, what do you think the body count was in this movie? Uh, well, I would probably say like in 25, 30. What do you got, Sean? 40? 50. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 13 from
1: Indy. Ooh, this is weird. River Phoenix and Sean Connery both died on Halloween. River Phoenix in 1993, and Sean Connery in 2020. Sean Connery outlived River Phoenix by 27 years. Thought mm. that Sad. was disturbing. Apex Mountain. Harrison Ford.
2: I oh, mean, one other, other half-assed internet research yeah. is just that Tom Stoppard, the famous playwright, did a lot of uh, did some work on the script that I think ready? did a little. A lot of the dialogue between Connery and Ford. Huh.
3: So I I read, and I don't know if this was erroneous, but I read that Spielberg credited him credited him with almost all of the dialogue. All, all Stoppard, stopper. Uh, yeah. Well, there's actually not that
2: many dialogue scenes, so that's not uh, the but, ones that there are are quite good. But that's when
3: you look back, especially the stuff between Indy and Henry.
2: But he's like, you left home just when you were getting interested. Yeah, like some of that stuff yeah. is
3: really sharp. Yeah, and it does feel like the hand of a great writer. Not that Jeffrey Boehm isn't a great writer or anybody else who contributed, but feels elevated. Apex
1: Mountain, Harrison Ford, no. I do th- I think that he's a second Apex guy, though second apex yeah like some guys had such a great career are you gonna introduce like the, second apex mountain oh there's like a second <laughs> apex okay we've talked about it before what some, is
3: that like when you come down the mountain and then you reascend, or is it a new mountain
1: you were up the mountain but then you got older and people were like he doesn't have it anymore and then there's like this other apex well i'll, you, I'll but, tell you
2: what this is the second apex mountain for the holy grail itself
1: hmm.
2: <laughs> number apex yeah. mountains obviously catching the yep. blood of christ yeah but this is the second apex. Yep,
3: and it would be the second. A- this podcast would be the second apex <laughs> for blimps if we could only get them back up in the air. But <laughs> no, big aviation won't allow it. How about rats and snakes in a movie? Uh,
2: well, I would say anaconda. I agree,
3: anaconda it's is probably kind of apex known for but snakes. But
2: rats? I mean, like, th- does it get any better than this? I don't know. First Blood's got some good rat stuff. Oh, yeah,
3: oh, that's good. I do enjoy where it's, it's a you know close up on Indy and Allison in Duty. And he's like, rats. And then it pans down and you actually see rats.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say this. It's a little bit of a confession. If I was in a cave like this, like Rambo and First Blood or these guys in this movie, I just would be way more scared. Like I'm basically holding my cigarette lighter. I'm just walking down this dark body of Mm -hmm. fucking cave water. It's like nothing good.
2: Every step, you're like, what am I stepping on? I just would be way more unconfident well he's gone through so many adventures i think by this point he's become a little bit used to
3: being in the catacombs you know yeah i mean you're not indiana jones right that's am I. one of the greats <laughs> <laughs> sean connery no
1: <laughs> spielberg and lucas no alice of duty yes zeppelins
2: probably no i think apex mountain apex valley I know uh, well, Black Sunday. Just being named Black Sunday is good. Yeah, you know Led Zeppelin. I think would probably also be like a big one for them. How about Chopped Off Rolling Heads?
3: Um, no. There's been better, but I couldn't I mean, think of eight one. heads in a duffel bag. That's a big one. <laughs> you guys, seen that one? Nazi Stooges.
2: There's some. These are really good Stooges. I I prefer the Stooges uh, in Raiders.
3: Yeah, Tot in Raiders is he's great. The Holy Grail.
2: I, I think it's 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 second place
3: to the, da, last, the day the Last path. Supper and the Crucifixion. Yeah, yeah. So you believe those events occurred. <laughs> so you put this over Python.
2: Oh, good question. For me, yes. Okay. Just like in my own personal you know, Python, put in the title. Much
3: prefer Python.
2: Yeah. Best racehorse name. Oh wait, I got one more. What's age? Uh, sorry, one more. Apex. Apex. What do you got? This is sort of this is a debate. So when Indy first meets Walter Donovan. He's having a black tie party in the middle of the day, ah. and is this the second best black tie party in the middle of the day, next to Pulp Fiction, next, next oh, to Winston Wolf, the Wolf?
3: Yeah. Here's what we don't know: Is anyone else wearing a tuxedo at the Winston <laughs> Wolf party, or is that just how the Wolf? No, there's dresses? a shot you
2: can see people wearing wearing them black in tie. Pulp okay. Fiction. Okay. Yeah, but um, guys, don't step on the last podcast. Let <laughs> me this feed. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> The blimp pod,
1: yeah, <laughs> pulp uh, fiction in a blimp. With that's strong. a great take, like though. If, even if I got fired, I was like, Wait, before I get
3: fired, <laughs> can I just come rip off the pulp fiction
1: pod and can I just sneak it almost famous?
3: Uh, uh, don't put us in that position, yeah, Bill. Sorry, guys. um, yeah, that's a you've never been to a midday tuxedo Black tie party. Yeah, I haven't either. I'm just asking. You probably have. Come on, I I'd, I'd had it stumbled into like
1: a 4:30 in the morning Vegas situation once. That was like, what's going on here?
3: But you never went to like a an awards luncheon at 11 a.m. Where you I needed... did the Peabody Awards were like that, oh, but it wasn't like tuxedo. Okay, you haven't been to the Peabody's clearly. I
2: haven't. No, That's but I bad. have been
3: to some some Vegas events like that. How many times has the Watchman nominated for Peabody? <laughs> What was that mean? It's going to be for the idol when we bring back the idol,
1: when we turn the discourse around. I had one of my friends compared it to showgirls today. I'm like, you guys don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Elizabeth Berkeley. Best racehorse name? Crusade? Last Crusade? Something with
2: Crusade? I think Cup of Christ is a really good horse name. <laughs>
3: You want to get the word Christ into a racehorse's name? Yeah, why not? What's wrong with that? That that horse is going to end up
2: dead. He resurrects. (laughs) How about
1: Zeppelin Rising?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. Pickin' Nits. (laughs) X Marks the Spot is the name of the horse.
1: Hmm. Pickin' Nits. Indy little more dubious of Elsa, maybe. In retrospect, we're gonna pick some nits on Indy. Just really had a hard on. Uh, Guy loves blondes. Maybe keep your guard up a tiny bit.
2: Yeah, with this after being
3: told not Austrian. to trust
2: anyone. Yeah. yeah,
3: it's a flaw. What's the? She, they've got that great exchange right at the beginning when they first encounter, and he's like, "You got your father's eyes and your mother's ears, and but the rest is all yours. The rest yeah. is all yours." That's just an amazing Her moment. You. Yeah,
1: Harrison Ford is a very good. Kind of like stealth horny actor, flirt actor, horny flirt guy, yeah. but not. It's never creepy. Yeah, no, he doesn't. What other pickaninnies do you have? We covered everything. Else. Um,
2: I think that there's just personally, like, there's a lot of small print, a lot of fine print on the Holy Grail. You know, where it's like you can't take it beyond the seal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't work the, over here. It Making doesn't work my over case there. for me here, thank you. So I would just say, within the depiction of this film, it seems like they put a lot of conditions on the power of the Grail. Doesn't doesn't none of it
0: make sense? Like, if the Nazis just went and got the grail, the second you leave the area, it you're no longer able to live yeah, forever. Yeah, and
2: then the whole thing is, Correct. like, Donovan so, is like, I'll just use it for eternal life. The Nazis can have it for whatever they want. But the
0: second Donovan walks out the door, he no longer has eternal life. Correct. Why does somebody even need to guard the Holy Grail if the second you leave, it's ineffective?
3: This I, I was going right where you are, which is the inherent flaw of not just the mythology of the Grail, but of the way that it is told in this movie. Which is how I understood it as like an eight-year-old when I first saw this movie. Is it is illogical? It uh, so doesn't is make the sense.
2: only reason why the seal thing happens so that they don't then have to answer like why isn't Indy's dad alive forever?
3: I think so. I think so. It just healed him, but it didn't keep him alive. It's forever.
2: like Mad <laughs> HBO with the
1: second apron tax. <laughs> just where <laughs> he's back. like, so if I go slightly over the second apron tax. <laughs> I could go
3: 40 million over and it's the same penalty I think I'm just going over right before the Beale trade yeah Isaiah Thomas watched Last Crusade and he's like I've <laughs> like, got it He's yeah. like
1: don't cross that line watch this <laughs> three pick swaps Ishby is gonna turn into a skeleton of dust <laughs> like uh like that guy uh sequel prequel prestige TV all black cast are untouchable this movie checked four of the five boxes somehow we did not see an all black cast Indiana Jones yet um I feel like the order, like if you're watching these from scratch, you kind of have to start with this one, right? Well, and then you go to Raiders?
2: No, you would do Temple of, Temple Doom. of Doom, Raiders, this one. What this was is-
1: Temple? I haven't seen Temple of Doom in a while. What, it's what like, year is that? It's like
3: 34.
2: Yeah. So you go Temple of Doom, this
3: one. No, Temple Ra- of
2: Doom, Raiders, this one. Correct.
3: That's the That's chronological the order. And then Crystal Skull and then Dial of Destiny. Okay. Right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I believe so. Right, Craig? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Is this movie better with Wayne Jenkins, Danny Trejo, Katherine Hahn, Steve Buscemi, Sam Jackson, JT Walsh, or
2: Philip Baker Hall? I do think that if Wayne Jenkins was the grail knight, <laughs> it would be like, goddamn, Indy! I didn't know I was waiting on the pendant man to bow up in this chamber! You know what? I've been here a long fucking time, big boy. Get Walter his cup of Christ and get him the fuck out of here.
3: I don't know how I didn't see you. I've been up in here a long I wasn't time. Expecting that. I didn't see him Great stuff.
1: That's good. Oh my God. Just gosh. one Oscar. Who are you giving it to, Wayne Jenkins?
2: Yeah, um, Connery, supporting actor.
1: I had Connery as well.
2: Didn't Connery just win for Untouchables? Yeah, but like, what the hell, you know? Just two in a row. Yeah. Okay, cool. I got no beef with that. The Cup of Christ doesn't exist, but the Oscars, that's sacred. (laughs) We got to really respect tradition. (laughs) I think you know that's how
3: I feel. The thing is, is I I did, this was going to sort of kind of be a hottest take. It's not really a hottest take because I've said something, some version of this before, but it's really dumb to me that when something like this comes along, it is not really in contention for real Oscars. That just because it's the third movie, and this has been somewhat, uh, amended by Lord of the Rings. Costume design yeah. and stuff like that. It gets below the line stuff, but like this is legitimately one of the best movies of the year. So
1: you would pull back Dan Aykroyd's best supporting actor nomination for Driving Miss yes. Daisy.
3: I mean, and that's throw a, it Connolly Connery's way. This is, and this is a car crash Oscars. This is Driving Miss Daisy wins and Do the Right Thing isn't nominated. Movies like this are nominated. I don't know. They're all bad, I guess. Whatever. 89 is one of the worst ones
1: because this also has michelle pfeiffer our queen mm-hmm. losing for fabulous baker boys who'd she lose to oh for t- to t- jessica, jessica tandy yeah. and drive miss daisy yeah. and we also have jeff bridges who also should have been nominated for that movie mm-hmm. not getting nominated at all and then spike um best screenplay he did get nominated but he lost to dead poets i love dead poets i don't know that's tough I
3: mean, he should have just been nominated for Best Director. <laughs> he should have
1: been nominated for Best Director is where we really went sideways. So it's nice. just the same as Soderbergh. Jim Sheridan, My Left Foot. Kenneth Branagh, Henry V. Peter Weir, Dead Poets. Woody Allen, Crimes of Misdemeanors. As you know, my favorite Woody Allen movie. Yeah, it's very good Oliver movie. Stone, Born on yeah. the Fourth of July, wins mm. it. Love that movie. Yeah. Pretty good year. Could
3: have snuck Spike in there, I think. You say keep driving Miss Daisy in place. Yeah. (laughs) Keep driving Miss Daisy in place. The grail is good. Blimps are better.
1: Remember that scene when he was driving her? (laughs) Um, The indie, the indie, oh, I screwed up my chronology. Probably unanswerable questions. We talked to the grail, but I wrote down the holy grail, is it like HGH? Yeah. (laughs) Some some athletes we've had in the past. That's the extent of it, yeah. Like, if somebody all of a sudden had more home run power than mm-hmm. maybe they had in the past, uh-huh. it was like holy grailish, Right, right. The,
2: the Jeff Bagwell Cup, you know?
1: Here's a good one. I really want you guys to think about this and dissect it. Has anyone ever punched more guys in a movie than Harrison Ford? Oh, yeah. Who?
3: Um, I mean, uh, Jackie Chan but or punched. Bruce Lee. Or, to, like or Normal a American
1: guy punch. Like, those Harrison Ford punches. Not like, Rocky Balboa, I'm doing kung fu. You
2: know. No. No. I think I, Harrison Ford's punches th- the most. I think punched the Chris most is, people.
1: Chris is with me.
2: I've thought about this a lot. Because, no. like, it's, it's the primary I
1: mean, form of combat. Like, I, he, there's a lot of, Gets like... In how many fights in Indiana He never Jones. kicks anybody. 15.
3: I, I, it won't be us, but there's going to be somebody out there who's going to watch every American male... Fight sequence ever filmed. <laughs>
1: fight sequence is different than normal guys getting in a fight. Yeah, where he's just basically he's like the wrestler. His the Hulk Hogan leg drop is Harrison Ford's just only punching move. Punching a just, guy in the jaw. He just has the right cross. He has no other moves. He doesn't have, he doesn't have like a clothesline, a headlock. He doesn't put the. He sleeper doesn't hold. kick anyone. Yeah. It's just like right oh, hand. definition is getting do more jabs. And more narrow. He doesn't DDT like, anyone? He's the only
3: man born between 1939 <laughs> and 1942 in right Illinois on a even Sunday. Even the fugitive,
2: like the one arm guy. It's just always These got are the kinds of the conversations right. we could be having on the blimp, but yep. you don't want to be a part of it. I, I don't, actually. <laughs> I wish you guys well in the sky. <laughs> like the Harrison
1: Ford scouting report, if you're a bad guy, and you're like, hey, we might deal with Harrison. It would just be Some guard your move, face you just, from the you just, from Yeah, you'd just be like, just duck under the right and come under body shot. Because that guy has no other moves. Yeah.
3: It's believable because you, it looks like he's probably punched a guy before, right? How many how many guys in real life do you think Harrison Ford has punched? Never
1: added a karate kick. You, know, you think yeah. at some point he had a personal trainer and he's like, hey, man, I just feel like I'm doing the same thing. I've heard thing a lot about Can I do yeah. a little of that? Is there some sort of, no. like, maybe be like a Mark Zuckerberg thing. Maybe learn some judo. They're like, no, Harrison, you're good, man. <laughs> just Ray Crosses. You're good. <laughs> Best double feature with this movie I I just think you pair it with Raiders and you're good to yeah, go, right? for sure. Yeah, don't overthink it. Indian and Red's Watney Award for what happened
2: the next day. What do you think happens to the Grail night? 700 years mm-hmm. waiting. Does he have the internet in there? What's he doing? <laughs> the Nazis he gives a and Walter Donovan and Indy and his dad and Elsa come through. There's a real... They really just bumble the the chain of possession there with the Grail. Mm-hmm. Grail gets lost... Right, and, it's and in your temple collapses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what where, where do you think his kind of next day is? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I honestly think it's exactly the same as every other day. Does he
2: not die? I think he gets like crushed by like the rubble. You
3: yeah, know? I think he
0: dies.
2: No, but he doesn't cross the seal.
0: But he passed, But doesn't he say like he gives the sword to Harris to Indiana Jones? Being but like, I think he has to now?
2: start his journey home, right? Like his brothers did. Oh, I thought he became mortal. Oh, he got a show on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like celebrity interviews it's yeah. not that many it's like 10 a year yeah it's like kind of like modeled after the letterman really show he really wants to
2: talk to interesting people about yeah, what they're passionate really? about yeah. yeah and my successful
1: next successful person with another the grill night yeah <laughs> uh, what, your guys <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one's easy what piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie the it's got to the grill cup yeah. right
2: That'd be the fucking coolest thing you can own. But I would give fantasy the fake one just to see what happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I, the skeleton. so I can burn alive. Yeah, just be like, yeah. look, looks like you, cho- you chose poorly. That's gonna be Matt Ishpia.
1: Now drink <laughs> drink from the Bradley Beal trade, Matt Ishpia. Ah! <laughs> I thought we'd have more depth. Yeah. <laughs> what do you
2: mean the second apron?
1: Uh, told me we'd get a veteran point card, Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Isaiah, didn't you read the CBA? <laughs> uh,
3: by the way, this metaphor makes no sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, the Coach Finstock Award for Best Life Lesson. I mean, Elsa never really believed in the Grail, saw it as a
3: prize. Mm. What? You gotta chase what you believe in. <laughs> Let's. Can we just unpack her for one second? Elsa? What was really going on there? Was she in it? I think she was a nail archaeologist, Nazi curious. Right,
2: <laughs> so she gets kind of pulled into to that yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, a
3: phrase, not the first time you've said that phrase, I. But think. is
2: ultimately interested in history and okay. and you know like the power bestowed by great items. Okay, and then I think she just kind of like plays
3: you know both great sides. Great items is that. A- <laughs> Is that a euphemism think, for Connery? You think an
1: archaeologist, Raya? <laughs> <laughs> the
3: guy in San Jose yeah. has some, some
1: potential.
2: My, my name's Elsa. I love wearing leather jackets. <laughs> I'm not too curious. I, lo- I love just wandering Venice. <laughs> so romantic. I'm mean, into boats. Yeah.
3: Rats, not a negative. Yeah, yeah. I
2: love great jazz.
1: <laughs> Who won the movie for you guys?
2: Uh, so I actually think Harrison Ford won
3: the movie. I think Steven Spielberg.
2: I, this is this is probably... I think
3: Harrison Ford as well.
2: Hey, That's why he and I get it. That's why you guys are
3: going <laughs> to die in a blimp together.
1: <laughs> well, he... Star Wars wasn't necessarily a Harrison Ford vehicle. Raiders, then Temple Doom comes out and makes money, but people didn't like it, and everyone got mad at everybody. So mm-hmm. he kind of needed... He needed this for the resume. I can make repeatable, awesome... Color
3: Purple, Empire of the Sun, always three in a row, three non-successes for him. This puts him back on track, I think. And then he basically is the absolute king for 20 consecutive years. From 1993 through, I don't know, 2012, he's he's the king.
0: What do you got, Craig? Can I add one life lesson? Yeah. yeah. Um. When you spend your entire life searching for the Holy Grail and eternal life, and you finally get there, and there's 60 cups. Maybe take a beat. Think about which one it is.
2: That was great. great Walter Donovan gets there, he's like, I don't know anything about the cup of Christ. And Elsa
0: goes, it's this one. He's like, great. Yeah. Let's take a sip.
2: Because Elsa's been so dependable this entire time. Yeah, right. Oh, okay.
0: 21-year-old Elsa's like, this is the cup, Donovan. He's like, perfect. No. No questions asked. Let's send it that is true that that could have been a. us think like, about this I would have been there for five hours studying <laughs> each do you think Donovan
2: is like as he's like decaying is like ah, I could have bought the Padres or something you know what I mean like I could have
3: just been like a baseball team The pot, was that like a reference to his would have been like the Christianity
2: Reds. yeah the or just something like the he friars. could just yeah.
1: yeah what else he got
3: uh,
0: Raiders is my favorite movie I adore this movie Harrison Ford's number one all time for me I just yearn for the days when directors would stay on for an entire trilogy. Doesn't oh, happen yeah.
1: anymore. Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it yeah. always brings some wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we <perspective>. The closest... <laughs> did Nolan do three in a row? He did, right? Yeah, he, did. he did. Yeah, so he's the last one. Uh, uh...
3: Well, there were uh, three Hobbit films, all, all directed, directed by, by Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson. I think those concluded after Dark Knight Rises. Because, like,
0: all the Ocean's movies are Soderbergh.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, obviously, Godfather...
3: Soderbergh just did the third Magic
1: Mike movie. Yeah. You know, so I, it's Hobbit movies they came out in the theater. Stileski's done all the Wick
3: movies. True story, Chris and I saw all three Hobbit mm-hmm. films together and they were often released over the holidays. And so it'd be like December 26th and it's we would be weird. arm in arm watching these films yeah. that kind of suck. Honestly, like they're in an not empty very good. The Glendale movie theater, but it was a nice tradition we had. I haven't seen
1: one minute of any of them, and there's not a day that goes by where I feel an ounce <laughs> of regret.
3: Can I actually? I'm going to take this opportunity to say that I blame you because you made us move to Los Angeles to work for and, you. And It was and, also yeah, like and we had NBA no friends around all the movies. <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah.
1: Fair. So Harrison Ford, you're number one. My number one, your guy. Time. Yes. It's so funny. He transcends the generations, He man. truly does. I
0: love his, like, casual, I love his, like, silliness. And I think the Indiana Jones movies in general, like, the humor in this movie is almost like Buster keaton He's so funny. Is. Yeah. He's really funny. You know, even Brody being like, how do you get off a tank? And then he falls off the tank. It's like very old school, physical humor, Charlie Chaplin-esque type of stuff. And Harrison Ford's silliness, his, like, normal guy, kind of, like, uh, persona. I just, I
3: I love it. We forgot to mention the great moment when Harrison Ford is captured and he's like, Brody knows 12 languages oh, yeah. and he, he has, has friends all over the world. Yeah. You'll never see him again. There is no Brody. Like, does anybody here speak English? <laughs>
1: that stuff is just like so good. Uh, What's well, funny, he does What Lies Beneath where, spoiler alert, came out 23 years ago but he ends up being the bad guy but watching that movie, one of the brilliant things, I like that movie but in the theater, it was inconceivable that he was going to be the bad yeah. guy. yes. Like Presumed Innocent is all based around like, ah, oh, Harrison Ford couldn't have done this. He's Harrison Ford. yeah. Um, same thing with Fugitive. And then in that one, it's like, oh, he's the fucking bad guy? Th- it's Harrison really Ford, satisfying when it's you It's a little reveal. Hulk Hogan yeah. yeah. NWO-ish, yeah. Yeah. right? It's really Where great. it's like, oh my God, they turned him? Yeah. But so that one, the other one that I thought should have been a better one for him, but it never got there, was the the Ann Hetch
3: movie. Six Days and Seven because Nights. Because yeah. all the
1: hullabaloo about her with Alan DeGeneres like, overshadowed that whole movie. It's actually a good movie. Yeah. I like that movie. Is that movie. Ivan Reitman?
3: It is. Yeah. yeah,
1: that movie's good. Yeah. It's like a, you know, it's like a slapstick, people thrown together in some weird situation mm-hmm. and swimmer, too.
2: Yeah, it's and a good Schwimmer. action
3: movie, but it just kind of slipped through the cracks with him. There's yeah, been a couple. Russian
2: in K 19, The Widowmaker. He is.
3: Yeah. He has a couple of movies in the late 90s, 2000s. I think, um, what, Random Hearts is a Sidney Pollock movie with yeah. him, and Kristen Scott Thomas. It's kind of an interesting movie. I like that movie. Yeah. He's got a few of Morning those Glory. in the 90s. Morning Glory. Yeah. That's like 2010. Yeah.
1: Sabrina was the big miss.
3: It's oh, an unnecessary movie. Yeah, it's
1: just people, it just made people mad. And then uh, regarding Henry is just, have you seen Regarding Henry? No. He's this asshole New York lawyer and he gets shot in the head foiling a robbery and he becomes brain damaged, but he becomes a better person.
3: That's the movie.
2: Isn't the full light is like movie? resting on his brain in a way like that, that makes him a
3: nicer guy. Yeah, uh, it was very maligned at the time. But I was nine, and I was like, "This is a heartwarming tale okay. of getting shot in the head." Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask one more question?
1: It's that hilarious.
2: What happened to the adventure genre?
3: Mm. Well, I just think you that, know what. I mean, superhero movies ate that. Yeah, well, but I also
2: think that like the world is more known now, so people would just have a sense like there's not like really that sense of adventure, like the
0: globe-trotting, swashbuckling person, like. So-
2: a- I, there's one other piece, though. I think a lot of these failed. There was a
1: lot of Raiders mm-hmm. ripoffs. Like, I remember they just did Unshorted so, what a was couple that? years ago. That's like, I mean, the Jumanji you know, movies are this, for what yeah, it's worth. Yeah, lost was City that Alan Quartermane you know? one. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that yeah. was that was Richard. Golden yeah. Child was like Eddie Murphy's biggest failure. It was just basically a little holy grailish.
0: I like but Golden
2: Child, I like it. Well, Everybody I know who Eddie. loves Indiana Ritchie.
0: Jones is just like I love the adventure genre. I love just like bouncing around to cities all over the world, finding stuff. Because now I feel like it's just action movies. It's it's Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt traveling the world. Yeah, but that is an action movie, not an adventure movie. Adventure movie is like twenty five percent action, seventy five percent mystery and puzzle solving and adventure. But well, uh,
3: was it you and I who were talking about this? I I, I can't remember, but. The big difference is just what Indiana Jones's job is, is just being an archaeologist means he needs to be surrounded by history as yeah. opposed to a spy. Yeah. Most of the time, these people are spies or they're thieves or criminals like in Fast Fast and Furious films. Yeah. But mostly you still get adventure movies that so they're just spies in the movies. And this is a rare case where a guy has a job where it makes sense if he's inside of the Sphinx yeah. or if he's inside of the Vatican, you know,
1: there's one that we didn't mention that is the best example of what Craig's talking about that fucking crushed and had a sequel Romancing the Stone yeah yeah which made Michael Douglas a movie star it pushed Kathleen Turner she became an -er. Mm A-plusser and then they ended up doing the sequel but that movie was like a monster you You should watch that one if you like movies like this that's
2: a good one the last time I feel like somebody made a well I guess Uncharted and there's been a couple of other attempts but the last one was basically Da Vinci Code that's right Uh, there were three of those those I I saw saw the first one yeah. But I they think it's right. Like a romance in the stone type movie, those
1: Does
0: things Sandra should happen Bullock, more.
2: Like, Sandra like the Lost City? Lost those City. Those movies are, it's, okay. I mean, it's a fine movie. Okay. But, yeah, but I'm just saying like they were trying to do that. Right, and I.
0: that's why I kind of enjoyed it to be honest because I thought the backdrop of just where they were made the movie half more interesting. I think interesting. that
3: those movies are trying to be outwardly <clears throat> aggressively funny and the brilliance of Indiana Jones is it's a very dry humor. You know, it's a very deadpan Self-aware. kind of, you know, physical humor and everything is very meta Let's make one.
1: What about like the... <laughs> The last Grantland hoodie available.
3: Yeah, that's good. Grantland CR hoodie. It's just a, a guy on eBay. Somebody has, has it. Somebody. <laughs> <it's>
1: <laughs> been transported to Thailand. We have to go find My it. My brother's There's been asking me to left. get him
0: a Grantland hat ever since I started here, and I was like, I, I don't,
2: I can't find those. There's like a Grantland T L D R hat. Do you? What were you out on the Grail before we go?
0: Um, I'm not a religious person, so I side with Sean in terms of his. But however, in the movie itself, I have no problem with it.
3: mm-hmm CR and the Zeppelin of destiny <laughs> we can turn DeAndre into Miles Turner and Buddy Heald
1: no Matt don't drink from that cup <laughs> drink it Buddy Healed will give us spacing
0: is this is a good ah! idea the GM
1: grail yeah <laughs> wow. uh, uh, alright this was produced by Craig Horlbeck Chris and Sean good to see you as always we will see you next week <laughs>